going on everybody welcome back to another installment of honest and uneducated the show where we talk about anything from movies movie news video games comic books and all sorts of fun stuff like that unfortunately in regards to you know the aforementioned comic books and movie news and all that stuff there hasn't been uh, hasn't been a whole lot of it this past week but we did have a uh, wonder woman 1984 was released uh, simultaneously on hbo max and in theaters so we're going to talk about uh yeah, Wonder Woman's performance in the box office, and we're going to give our spoiler review of uh, Wonder Woman 84 here. Uh, we're going to do that on the show. We're going to also give, uh, due to the lack of news, we're going to give our most anticipated list of uh, movies coming up in 2021, in addition to what we expect out of Mandalorian Season 3 and The Book of Boba Fett, as those are going to be the first uh, Star Wars shows or content that we're going to be getting in 2021 so we're going to get into that but joining me today to cover all this stuff is none other than rick metz himself how are you doing today rick doing pretty good how are you i'm good man i mean uh despite the lack of news and everything you know everything's been going pretty good yeah you have a good christmas good christmas yeah, yeah. absolutely it was uh it was, it was good you got new headphones on i got you know got got a bunch of stuff going i got your old head yeah, and you get, and you got the old ones in the studio. So it's a gift works. in itself. That's right. We also got uh, Mr. John Knight here. How you doing today, John? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I'm looking forward to starting a a good online feud with all of our viewers over Wonder Woman '84. I, based on what I've been reading, I have a feeling my take is going to uh, differ significantly from other people's. So we'll see where that goes. Yeah, I mean, we haven't talked about it like amongst ourselves but you you told me that uh if you liked it or didn't like it and what you told me was different than what what i feel of the movie (laughs) so yeah it's gonna be uh we'll have we'll have a good let's go yeah we'll have a good spoiler conversation for it um so yeah, we'll just we'll just jump right into it. But before I forget, guys, don't forget that you can submit topics and questions to the show by emailing us at honestanduneducated at gmail.com. That's honestanduneducated at gmail.com. But let's get into our first topic here. And our first topic is going to be Wonder Woman 84 and how it's performing at the box office. So it looks like the we're we're looking at a total right now of a big $85 million that uh, Wonder Woman has brought in, um, which you remember last week we covered it, the the first initial numbers internationally was about 38 million so it looks like actual worldwide opening weekend hit this past friday and it's made it's managed to get up to 85 million uh so i don't know it only added like essentially doubled so it's really not a still pretty much underperforming for the most part so again though at least is in my opinion i feel like this is kind of to be expected uh, just due to the you know the current climate, if you will. So I don't really know if uh, I don't really know if I in my head I can 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 consider this to be like a huge like loss just because they kind of knew. I feel like this outcome was expected in all honesty, and yep. I think uh, as we said last week, their biggest drive was just trying to get HBO subscriptions in because of this. So we'll have to wait and see if that worked out for HBO and Warner Media. And just, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to release those numbers, but I'm curious to see. If the HBO Max views are, you know, substantially higher than what the the box office doing, just because I'm sure there's going to be more people watching on HBO Max, but to what degree, uh, I would love to know that. So I don't know if they're going to release those numbers, but we'll just have to kind of see. I really hope they do release those numbers because I mean I can't, 
I can't imagine why somebody wouldn't, if you have the subscription to HBO Max, why you wouldn't watch it. Um, mm-hmm. If you don't care about Wonder Woman and you don't care about comics, I guess you wouldn't. Maybe you have HBO Max for, I don't know, something else. Um, I don't know what else you'd have it for. but um, So maybe, maybe not. But I'd be real interested to see not only how many people that have subscriptions got it, but also how many, I'm, I'm, what I'm more curious about is how many new subscriptions they've picked up since mm-hmm. they made this announcement that it was opening simultaneously with the theaters. Yeah, that's what I, and I don't know if they're going to release that information, but I really hope they do. Like, because mm. I'm sure, I mean, I could totally see it if it's good, they'll probably release it just so they can have some, some sort of, I don't know, sure. bragging rights or confirmation, you know, bias on there. And this is why they decided to, to do it. Like, and oh, it worked out. It's investor relations too. They, it's, a, it's a sign, it's a, it's a symbol or a sign to their investors that, hey, we're doing things the right way. We're moving things in the right direction without, you know, cause they usually, they have to wait for their quarterly numbers and stuff to talk about specifics with people. But if they do it as a PR stunt, then that's a way they can talk to their investors without, you know, those quarterly numbers. All right. And what, not to mention, they took a lot of Warner brothers themselves, taking a lot of heat about their whole 2021 HBO max concurrent announcement ever since, uh, ever since they made the announcement. And I mean, it looks like, Dune, as an example, isn't going to be one of those movies. It looks like they're going to have to end up sticking to a theatrical release with that. And uh, there was a report saying that they were going to end up paying Legendary like $250 million just to allow them to put uh, Kong versus Godzilla on, uh, or Godzilla versus Kong, whichever it is. But they were going to pay them just $250 million just to put on HBO Max and not do it in theaters. It's a lot of money. Yeah. And honestly, yeah. too. This is this doesn't really have to do with Wonder Woman as much as it does the HBO Max thing, but I feel like like Warner Brothers is you know, I get why they wanted to do the whole HBO Max day and date release stuff. Like it makes sense. But I feel like obviously the way they handled it by not discussing it with all the directors was bad. It was stupid. And because it took at all the backlashes caused them. But I feel like they're completely like I don't know, just missing an easy, like just marketing opportunity for just re- just going ahead and releasing the movies in theaters like they normally would, but then all the commercials that come out post theatrical window, instead of saying, you know, coming to you know, available on DVD or Blu-ray or whatever, like on X day, available for digital on X day, just available exclusively on HBO Max on X day. They could just do that for every single one of these movies. And still have them release in theaters. They just have built-in marketing yeah. for that. They like because they, they control the marketing for the movies. They don't have to like their entire marketing plan for um, like the at-home release of their films could exclusively say HBO Max. Like they don't have to advertise it's available on Blu-ray, digital, anywhere else. They could just flood the market with commercials saying available exclusively on HBO Max on X day, as opposed to yeah. what they decided to do. I think one of the things you, one of the issues that they might have in there is because of the way the those corporations are structured with the the home sales, the home, you know, DVD, Blu-ray, 4K division. I mean, they have their own division of home sales, so that division probably has an advertising budget, and they're probably going to fight tooth and nail to not give that over to the streaming side 
and have the streaming side marketed exclusively because then it's going to reflect that on their division if their numbers don't hit what you know they're hoping to get that way. I, I agree with you that that it would ideally that would be a way to to really bump that the the awareness and the importance in the consumer's mind of HBO Max. But I just these companies are so compartmentalized and. And we're seeing it with we're seeing it with the way you know things are being handled that people just don't talk to each other and they don't work together on things. And so I have a feeling that trying to do something like that would be very difficult, especially in today's climate. Maybe further down the road, if they are able to integrate some of those divisions together and get better uh, discussion among them, maybe that would be something they should look at. But yeah, I don't know. We'll just have to wait and see it because I know Rick. This uh, Wonder Woman being released uh, exclusive on HBO Max did not make you go out and subscribe to HBO Max because no. you still haven't seen the movie. So no, and I'm just not a huge Wonder Woman fan. Like I don't mean to put it down or anything like that, but it's just never been a hero that's appealed to me a lot. Yeah. So do you think that's that's more or less like why? Uh, like if this was Matrix Four, you think you probably would have? Oh yeah. Subscribed to, to oh, watch yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's something I'm really looking forward to, but. Um, yeah, to me, it wasn't worth the Wonder Woman. I mean, how much is HBO Max? It's like 16 bucks a month. 15, so like, yeah. 15, even if you're watching it, you like paying that much to watch Wonder Woman like a couple times or whatever, and you could cancel it. So, I mean, it's not a bad deal or anything, but it's not something I would go out of my way to do. Yeah, I mean, it's essentially the price of a movie ticket to get HBO Max, yeah. but you get access to everything. All, yeah, all the so, other I mean, stuff. It's, it's definitely worth it. And like I said, right now, HBO Max has like, more inarguably better content than every other streaming platform out there. Isn't there like, a lot of content? Yeah, they they have a lot of content, and it a lot of it's you know well, they have a lot more a lot. premium content, we'll say, than like a Disney Plus does and a, and a Netflix yeah. does. Well, they'll have a lot more stuff coming to it as well. So yeah, so, I mean, I don't know. Like as of right now, HBO Max is probably. Ugh, Despite it underperforming when compared to a Netflix or a Disney Plus, ironically, it's kind of the best bang for your buck yeah. as far as like the content that's on it and what you actually get out of it. I mean, obviously, that's going to vary, you know, from person to person and what their interests are. But just as far it, as overall premium content, they got a ton of it. Yeah. It, you know, I. I sort of agree with that. But I'm a uh, I'm a subscriber to the DC Universe app, which has all the DC originals, mm-hmm. and they've moved all those DC originals over to HBO Max. But the other reason I subscribed to the to the Disney, uh, DC Universe uh, was up until now was because they had all the old Batman or DC animated shows on there mm-hmm. as well. You could watch things like the Batman animated series from the '90s, Batman Beyond. Uh, Superman animated, Justice League animated, and then even further back, you could watch things like the Super Friends, Challenges, Super Friends, things like that. I remember that. And I just saw an article yesterday or maybe the day before that said that HBO Max announced that Batman, the animated series is coming to their platform. And I was actually shocked because I just assumed when they said that they were closing down the streaming side, or at least the, the movie and TV streaming side of the DC Universe app, I assumed that all that content would be moving over to HBO Max. But apparently that's not the case. Apparently they're kind of picking things here and there to bring over and not everything, which 
I, I don't understand why they wouldn't. They already had it all set up to stream. It was streaming on DC Universe. Mm-hmm. Why in the world? Because there's there's things that I was really hoping to one day get around to watching. I hadn't yet, but I like the fact that it was there on the DC Universe app and I could get to it eventually. Um, things like the old T- Teen Titans uh, TV show, animated show, right. and that's not that's not going to be available and things like that. So while HBO Max is does have pretty good value that there's there's some stuff that just inexplicably inexplicably isn't available on there still and i think that's kind of with what you were saying like uh like with them being like so compartmentalized and like you like i think it goes into that and then with uh just how they botched the launch for it because they have the titles that they had they had like a one month window when they first launched where they could even have a lot of dc movies on hbo max because it was already licensed to be on another platform. So as soon as HBO Max launched, they were pumping out all their marketing, like with, you know, all the DC movies are here. And it's like, then a month later, they're like, well, okay, well, yeah. then BBS and like Wonder Woman had to be removed from HBO Max because they had licensing elsewhere. And I think it might be a situation like that with some of it. Cause I wouldn't imagine that you would think everything that was on DC universe would just move over to HBO Max. Cause they they kind of announced that's what was going to happen. But like, but yeah, for whatever reason, some things haven't shown, haven't made, it hasn't made their way over there. It just makes no sense. As, I don't know. I feel like this is a combination of them rushing this stuff along too much. And it's kind of like classic Warner Brothers in DC, where they were just have been, they're always left trying to play catch up and they don't take the time to actually do something properly. They just throw everything together in like the quickest and most inefficient way and just say, here it is. Like, like, you know, we, we got to catch up with Marvel. Here's Justice League. And, you know, like, you know, it's just that kind of thing. It's like, and you get just kind of a meh situation in the end, as opposed to, I don't know, what should be a simple thing is just kind of, not that it's a simple thing to, like, launch a streaming service. It's like, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a big, big project to do. But, you know, in this what? situation with all the DC content already being somewhere, you think it's just, okay, well, now it's here. And they just move on. But I don't know. What were you going to say, Rick? No, I was just going to say I'm interested to hear your opinions and like the differing opinions on what you thought of Wonder Woman. Well, that's what we're going to get into. We're yeah. going to get into that first. So um, let's, yeah, we'll go ahead to. Can we, can, can we take a quick break before we do that? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay. Guys, just let us know what you think about Wonder Woman's box office down in the comment section below. Do you think that, uh, I mean, kind of like me, do you think it's kind of to be expected? This, you know, like, yeah, it's underperforming in some ways um, just because, you know, a movie like this. 85 million global right now when it's been open to international markets for a week now. And then now we had opening weekend in the States and it's only managed to kind of pull in double what it already pulled in internationally. Yeah, I could definitely see it being, you know, overall looked upon as a failure in a lot of ways, box office wise. But I don't know. In my opinion, I feel like, like I said, it's just kind of expected. I don't really, I didn't expect Wonder Woman to make. $250 $250 million opening weekend when half the theaters around the world aren't even open right now. So I don't know. Let us know what you guys think of this down in the comments section below. All right, guys. So speaking of Wonder Woman, we are now going to get into a spoiler discussion of Wonder Woman 1984. So if you haven't seen the film, mute it, pause it, and just wait till we're done. And uh, you'll see the graphic for Wonder Woman go away at some point. And uh, or maybe I'll wave my hands around or something. We'll be done talking about it. But... We're going to get into it here, but first, before we do get into it, we do have one piece of news that came out just a couple hours ago in regards to Wonder Woman 3. So it looks like Warner Brothers has indeed officially 
uh, moved on and greenlit Wonder Woman 3 with Patty Jenkins. So that is coming out soon, um, which is good, good news and bad news for people who didn't like Wonder Woman 84, I guess. But I say overall, in the end, uh, like like you're going to find out like my thoughts on it. But I didn't really it, I didn't think it lived up to what uh, the potential it had and wasn't as good as the first Wonder Woman film is. But Patty Jenkins uh, is still a fantastic director, and I'm looking forward to I look forward to anything that she's attached to. So I'm definitely excited that she's back to do Wonder Woman three. And I mean, I don't know she she in regards to Patty Jenkins and everything like she uh she already had this world kind of like built out with Wonder Woman. So I would have been kind of disappointed for her to not return for Wonder Woman three. Um. It's because she had like this Amazon spinoff and everything like, you know, in in development in some ways as well. That was supposed to come out prior to Wonder Woman 3. But it looks like now Wonder Woman 3 is actually going to be made as soon as she is done with Rogue Squadron, the Star Wars movie that was announced. So I don't know, I'm looking forward to that. What do you what do you think? I know you uh, you liked Wonder Woman 84 and we're going to get into that review here in just a minute. But what are your thoughts, John, here about her Patty Jenkins returning for Wonder Woman 3 officially? I'm extremely happy about it. I mean, I, you know, you, you've mentioned, I, I'm ha I really like Wonder Woman 84. Um, I like the first Wonder Woman movie and they're both to their benefit and to their detriment, I think period pieces, but I have to assume that the next one brings her into the modern era and the present day, and it won't be a period piece. And we'll be able to see what kind of story they can can come up with what kind of what kind of narrative they can have um with something said in modern day which i think may alleviate i think may alleviate some of the some of the issues that people have had with the first two films right definitely makes sense to me rick what do you uh i know you still haven't seen wonder woman 84 so what are your thoughts about did you like the first wonder woman at the very least yeah i didn't mind that i mean again not like one of my favorite pieces by any means or anything but uh it was good um she was good in justice league justice league but uh great in bbs too yeah so right. it'll be interesting to see where they go with it but uh still got a c84 so right. well, are you excited i mean knowing what was done on wonder woman uh, the first one are you happy that uh patty jenkins is coming back to finish off the trilogy there well yeah i mean for purposes of it being the same person doing every one of them it'll still have that same kind of feel i feel like with each movie right um, it won't vary too much but i think uh you know if you had different directors for every movie i think it'd just be it could feel different in each movie versus this just being like one straight plane of Wonder Woman universe, I guess. Right. Well, you kind of get that when you see her first appearance in BVS. It's a little more similar to the her how she's portrayed in the first Wonder Woman, as far as how she was portrayed in BVS. But then the Wonder Woman 84 Wonder Woman is very different from, even though it's the same people associated yeah. with it, it's very different than the previous Wonder Woman yeah. in a lot of ways. So it was, there were a lot of people saying that like Wonder Woman 84 was almost like a soft reboot of Wonder Woman. In a lot of ways, I can kind of see what, where they're coming from having seen yeah. the film now. So, I don't know. In the end, I'm still looking forward to uh, Patty Jenkins returning for the third installment. I'm excited so. for Rogue Squadron. Yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm more excited for that probably than, than Wonder Woman 3 when it comes down yeah. to it. But it's either way. 
But the question is, guys, what do you think about Patty Jenkins returning for Wonder Woman 3 officially and it uh, being the first? Uh, it's still, I guess, uh, at this point, the spinoff is still kind of up in the air here. I'm not sure about what's going on with that, but we'll just have to kind of stick around and wait to hear some more news in regards to it. But in the end, uh, I feel like I'd rather have a Wonder Woman 3 than a Wonder Woman spinoff movie anyway. I mean, I'd definitely take it if we're going to get both, but... I feel like finishing off the main part of the franchise is probably more important than doing the spinoff movie, but who knows? That's just my own opinion with it, but whatever you guys think about that, let us know down in the comment section below. All right, guys, so with that down and out of the way, we are now going to be getting into the Wonder Woman 1984 spoiler discussion. So again, if you haven't seen it, come back, mute the video, and come back afterward and you know, finish off when we're doing the most anticipated 2021 and our Mandalorian 3 discussion and everything. I'll wave my hands around or something to let you know it's done so we're gonna get into it now though so and i know rick you haven't seen it so you're just gonna kind of have to like sit pretty <laughs> with me and john give give our thoughts on it and everything. yeah i mean it'll be interesting to hear about it it's gonna kind of spoil the movie for me but you know it yeah but it since you, you you said you're not one who's really looking forward to no, it anyway yeah, so. so it's not that big of a deal yeah i've never honestly been that bad with spoilers anyways like that is what it is everyone's different about it i don't like when like there's be a lot of like you know critics or YouTube channels out there in general who who'll get like advanced screenings of the movie and like yeah. if the embargo's lifted they'll post like a spoiler discussion like three days before the movies even come out like I don't really support that that happened with all the Star Wars movies I feel like because it's like in some things it's like yeah they're not doing anything wrong because like the embargo's lifted they're allowed to do it you know whatever so all that's fine but then like now it's just like out there. So there's just like, it just makes it hard for people who are trying to avoid spoilers to actually avoid them when the movie is not even released yet and there's already spoiler reviews out there. So now all these people who haven't even seen the movie can just spread all the information around. So it just makes it hard. Yeah. To so I don't really agree with spoiler reviews. Anyone who does them and releases them prior to it even being released I don't really support that. I think that's I a bad that. thing to do. I get that. For the, for the community as a whole. But alas, it gets them the clicks because they're the first ones out there. So I understand why people do it. Get some of the clicks. Get some of them clicks. <laughs> so, John, I'm curious to see, though, because you already and I already kind of said that I didn't really care for the film. And I'll get into like why. But I want to hear your thoughts as to, you know, what, what did you like about it? Because I know you overall liked the movie. So I want to hear what you have to say about uh, about how it hit you. Explain okay, yourself. So. <laughs> so. <laughs> I mean, I've I've gone I've gone full on, you know, fanboying for this movie. Um, I I I would all I think I I think I would put it in my top ten superhero movies of all time. I, I think I'm I'm pretty confident in being able to say that. Um, this movie is to me it's the spiritual successor to the Christopher Reed Superman movies. And those are movies that I hold very near and very dear to my heart. I mean, I, I still remember, it's one of my earliest memories, is being maybe three, maybe four years old at a drive-in with my dad and watching Christopher Reeve dive out the window of the Daily Planet and change into Superman and go flying off into the air and just being amazed that 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 there was this this bastion of truth and justice out there that I was able to watch and see all do all these amazing things. Him him turn into a human drill and, and drill his way beneath the streets of Metropolis to go get Lex Luthor. I mean, 
So, so I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to paint the picture for how much I love those movies and how important they are to me. And I, I really feel like Wonder Woman 84 is, is the spiritual successor. I, I described it that way earlier and I'm, I'm going to stick with that description, but to, to those movies, it, it's full of joy and hope and, and it doesn't get bogged down in the, in the angst and the, the darkness that that surrounds a lot of superhero movies nowadays. And I'm all for angst and darkness. Bring me, you know, the dark night any day of the week. And I love that movie, but it's a dark movie. It deals with dark themes and it deals with moral dilemmas and it deals with whatever. Um, but superheroes are not just a dark medium. They're not just a angst filled. Things are bad. We may overcome sometimes, but even when we do, they can't get better. You know, superheroes started out in the, you know, 30s and 40s with 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 bright, shining examples of what humanity could be or what we wanted society to be. And and it may be hokey and it may be cheesy in this day and age, but I don't think there's anything wrong with having some parts of them reflect that same those same values and those same ideas that they were that they were born into and i really feel like 80 wonder woman 84 captures a lot of that and, and brings a lot of that back to the well cinema or back to your home screen depending on where you watched it um i i said i i, I almost posted this on a on another review that I was reading online about it, that was that was talking about how it was a cheesy movie and and, and that all this and that. And I said, now I, I really wanted to post that if if the comic book industry and the comic book movies and all these characters that we love that come from from comics had been reliant on today's fans to to get to the point where they are now, they would have died on the vine. They would have been dead a week after publication because. So much of what we love has its roots in in something that we seem to have lost as a as a fan base. Um, and so, anyway, that's 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 my soapbox on 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 kind of what, where I'm coming from with my thoughts on the movie and why I, I really think it's a it's a phenomenal film that that does something that a lot of movies don't do, and I, I don't even try to do nowadays. I'm with you. I yeah. I, I definitely the thing I did. I agree with everything you're saying, uh, as far as the tone and everything like with the movie and like, it's like, you know, just how it was kind of how everyone was portrayed in the movie and was fine. Like, cause everyone in the movie did a good job. Like I, I, I like, you know, gal's performance was great. Chris Pine was great. Even, um, Kristen Wiig was great as Cheetah. Pedro was good as Max Lord. I liked all of it. The only thing I didn't like about it was just the overall story and everything with it. Like there was some things didn't make sense. And like Cheetah just was pretty much just there. So Wonder Woman could have somebody to fight like hand to hand combat with her story arc was like the most generic we've seen in a million times kind of story arc, you know, just it it was like, um, what what is it? Uh, I don't know. It's like a million movies. And there's like a Jim Carrey one. I'm thinking of the top of my head where it's just like, it's just the classic person who, you know, is clumsy and doesn't realize her full potential. And then you, throughout the film, she unlocks her potential. And it's like, wow, <laughs> like, mind blown kind of thing. But like, 
what I didn't like about it, this is where we're obviously John kept his little his little overview pretty spoiler free, but I'm gonna discuss some spoilers <laughs> here. So now would be a time to turn off if you really don't want to avoid or if you if you really want to avoid spoilers. So but the main thing that I didn't like about the movie was the like I said, like the overall plot. Like the 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 dreamstone thing was mm-hmm. like I, it was it's it, that whole constant. I'm sorry. It was a little clumsy. I I think it was a little clumsy. Yeah, it's I, just how they did it all was like some of it like didn't make sense. Like Steve Trevor, like it, it, you have the Dreamstone. And anybody who touches Dreamstone, it's not like a genie you get three wishes. It's just like no, nah, you can just touch it, and anybody who touches it makes a wish, and that's that's it. Like, and, and it comes back, and that's how Steve Trevor's back. That's how. You know, all that happens, but but it's like a kiss curse kind of thing. So as soon as, you know, you make a wish, but then you also lose something and it's like you don't know what it is like right away, but it does happen. So that's just kind of like what you're set up with. But from the beginning, like so, so Diana touches the rock and obviously just wishes for Steve to be back. So that's when, you know, Steve comes back a couple scenes later but he doesn't just come back like he literally there's just some guy there who all of a sudden now that guy is Steve Trevor. So like the like he's, he's he's brought back. He inhabits the body of a real person that also was around at that same time. Yeah. And like my problem with that is like one does this dude have like a family and a, and a job and all this stuff? And it's like, cause sure. he's just absent for an entire week essentially. So because as Steve well, Trevor well, traveling the world with Wonder Woman. Yeah. So now Steve Trevor's inhabiting this dude's body and like sleeps with Wonder Woman and all this stuff too. But it's not even actually Steve Trevor. It's Lucky literally guy. this dude. Like, so everybody in the outside world who sees this dude with Diana, it's, it's the other dude. When, when we see him, through diana's eyes it's chris pine and steve trevor and i just don't it didn't make any sense because other people who are making wishes on this dreamstone like the stuff pedro does like maxwell lord's character he makes an entire wall just magically appear dividing up egypt and so it's like why could steve trevor just not come back in his own body and like, cause they don't do anything to further like enforce why that couldn't happen. Like if anything, the whole movie goes on and contradicts why it, why it should have happened. Like if, if all these fantastical things are happening due to people making wishes with this dreamstone, how the hell can like a dead body just not magically reappear? It makes yeah. no sense. And then they don't expand upon like this dude who Steve's inhabiting and why it had to be that way as a, like, it just, I don't, it didn't make any sense. Like I I didn't like that. The same thing with, you know, Cheetah, um, getting her powers, uh, Minerva, she doesn't, she doesn't, when she makes the wish, she doesn't all of a sudden get the powers. She has to, she, they like start emerging over time. She, she learns how to walk heals is the first step of it but like you just said when the guy wishes for the wall to divide egypt it just springs up out of nowhere so so yeah the rules of how the stone works and why it works are played fast and loose they don't they don't establish that there are rules necessarily and then even if they did they kind of are like yeah but they don't mean anything exactly and that's that's the primary thing i didn't like about it like the movie overall it's just like the actual story of the movie was executed very sloppily most of it didn't make any goddamn sense and like 
just on a practical level, because everything in the movie, like I said, I liked all the performances. I didn't mind everything that was going on. It was kind of slow for the first. Like it's a long movie, and probably for the first hour, nothing really happens. Like Wonder Woman's not actually Wonder Woman doing anything aside from yeah. like the mall montage, which was kind of useless in itself. It was just let's try to be like Christopher Reeve Superman, essentially. Like yes. that's really much all yeah. that montage was. And it kind of it, it, it felt, sets up the rock thing, but like that's otherwise useless. Like really, it felt very much like I don't know if you how many people recall this because it was one of the the less enjoyed I think Superman Chris Reeves Superman movies. But Superman three opens with this whole big kind of comedy segment where all these things are happening around Metropolis and they're kind of central to Clark and Clark is kind of. He's he's bumbling around, and sometimes he's bumping into people. Sometimes he's causing the accidents. Sometimes he's saving people from the accident. But it's this whole opening montage that happens over the course of probably the first two or three minutes of the film. And once you got into the opening of this film, once you got past the Amazon part that the film opens with, you kind of had a – it felt like a, in tone very similar type mm -hmm. of deal um, with this. One of the things that actually really bugged me about it – I love this movie, but there were some things that bugged me about it was one of the montage scenes is a group of young girls stealing sunglasses from a, from a store. And I thought, Oh, Wonder Woman's going to come along and give them the whole, you shouldn't do that. Or they're going to be inspired to not do it. No, all that happens is the girls are running to get away from the store and they accidentally knock a woman over the side of a bridge and one woman has to catch Wonder Woman has to catch her and save her. Mm -hmm. Yet the girls still go away scot-free, which I thought was a weird they got message. Their sunglasses. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they they still stole the sunglasses and got away, which I thought was a right. weird thing to to start and not resolve necessarily. So kind but, of like with uh speaking of unresolved, like the actual finale of the movie come the yeah. very end, like so what happens to the bad guys? <laughs> what yeah, what happens to like Maxwell Lord for one? Like cause he because brings it, the world to the brink of nuclear war. Yeah, and, <laughs> and that's another thing too, with the whole like dreamstone thing and the inconsistencies. It's like all these different all the different world powers start launching nukes around everywhere, and they just like nukes just come out of thin air, and then when people start renouncing their wishes. That's what you have to do in order to have the kiss curse effect stop. You have to renounce your wish that you made on the Dreamstone. So you made and, your mind. Yeah, and in doing so, whatever like negative effect you were getting stops happening. So like you got all these nukes flying around in the air, and then the, you know people start renouncing the wishes, and the nukes disappear. And it's like, well, okay, how convenient. Yeah, it's convenient, but then it's like, then why can't, couldn't Steve Trevor just come back and be his own man? John, your camera froze, by the way. That's why I took you off screen. So I don't know if there's something. Oh you yeah, said it. Uh, it's a good shot. Yeah, uh, you're smiling on this one at the very <laughs> least. Um, but yeah, so we had that happen, and then and so at the very end of the movie. He's going through Maxwell Lord finds like and that's another thing too. The, the 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 way Maxwell Lord gets the whole world, you're good now. Um there's like this satellite that has particles in the air, and so he can touch everybody through the particles from the saddle. It's just the stupidest, most contrived BS thing in the world. It's so dumb. It is, I, I didn't care at all. 
Like it's so stupid. Like, and this is why. This is the things. Like, it's like this is why I overall, as a movie, think it's just poorly executed. Like, I, I just it's like everything. Like a lot of the stuff that like some of the things that you like about the movie, I totally agree with. And like as why I would like it, the things I did like about it, but like, so, God, so like, it's gonna be one of those movies where I I'm not able to like discount what you're saying. I'm not gonna be able to say, oh no, it makes sense because of this, or it makes sense. No, it doesn't make any sense at all. Um, but that being said, I think that there's some some of those some of the things I was talking about, some of those old school like early comic book things. I mean, you look at comic books from the 50s and 60s. And they're full of deuce ex machinas and contri- contrivances. And I don't even know if that's a word, but they just, I mean, they, they just make shit up and, and they make shit up and it doesn't flow consistently from one story to the next. And, and, and that's the reason you have, you know, that's, you know, Superman as he is, was originally conceived, couldn't fly. And then all of a sudden he can fly. And so, you know, they played very fast and loose with the rules of, comic books and superheroes a long time ago and, and, and to some extent they still do today um there's there's people are constantly retconning things that they don't like or adding things in that they did like and so from that perspective maybe because i'm more entrenched in the the comic book side of things um i'm not as i can take a movie like this and just enjoy it just I'll go along with it just for the ride. I will no in no way say that this movie holds up as far as, you know, story-wise to some of the other movies or some of the other classic superhero movies. Like you take a movie like Logan, for example. That movie has a story where everything is plotted down to the T and it all makes sense and there's motivations that make sense and there's there's rules that happen and 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 they don't break their rules and and so it's a good great movie, man. Yeah, such Love a good movie. movie. Um and this movie doesn't doesn't adhere to that type of filmmaking. But I'm okay with it because it's the it's the the one <laughs> you know, to, to uh, pun intended, I guess. It's the wonder of everything that's going <laughs> on. It's more important than the why or the how of what's going on to me at least for right. this movie. Well, that's the thing. Like, and like, I don't know. It's just like is it being like this soft reboot kind of thing. And so I don't. It, it, in some ways, you kind of get that vibe from it. Just if you see, because just because it it is so different than Wonder Woman one and her appearance in BVS. I mean, just tonally, like you're saying, like in the fa- playing fast and loose with the rules and everything is very different than her previous, like the same character in BVS and in the first Wonder Woman movie. The first Wonder Woman movie is like really good it's like top three dc movies for sure and uh yeah. but this one though i wouldn't have it on that list it's just too it's too sloppy in my opinion and it's like and i'm fine with all the campiness and all the like i was i liked all that stuff i other than like the the story plots being like contrived and like not making sense like overall i liked the like i don't know like the the lividity of everything like the tone of everything i thought was fine it, it worked for the character, like in the end, like I think it worked, mm-hmm. but it's just the way everything was executed in the movie. It just, I, it was like lazy. It, it felt more lazy and sloppy to me than it did kind of like with like what you're getting from it, where you, you were just kind of able to like roll with it. Like to mm-hmm. me, it just, it just didn't work. Like I'm not, I, I sure. wasn't able to just roll. Like, cause there's like the first Mortal Kombat movie 
is a perfect example because it's a dog shit ass movie. But I love that movie. <laughs> I love that yeah, movie. And I'll be damned if I ain't going to watch that movie whenever I come across it on the, the telly. You know what I mean? Like, oh, but it's, 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 it's a fantastic movie. Like, it's, it's fantastic, but it's so bad. At yeah, it, I mean, but it's a god-awful movie. Like, and I think everybody will agree. It's like it's either god-awful and you love it, or it's god-awful and you hate it. But and, and, It's like so it, bad it's good almost. Yeah, exa- it, it, it is. Whereas like, I, I can't attribute this movie with that same mindset you know what i mean like it's there wasn't enough payoff for me to like go along with the stuff that i just didn't like in it you know what i mean because like like because like i said too at the end of the movie like maxwell lord just kind of literally causes you know nuclear war and all this stuff and then like at the end he renounces wish and just like leaves and like that's it and it's like, so he's just cool. Like, there's no, there. Is he gonna get any, any reprimanded in any way, shape, or form for everything that just happened? And then, not to mention, literally everybody in the entire planet experienced this crazy day in 1984. It, we just have to. They, they're just cool with it. Like, and it's never been brought. Like Bruce Wayne in this world is literally alive right now. And this is kind of the problem, the inherent problem you have with like the connected universe stuff in all honesty. And I'm I'm totally one who can like you know remove myself from that and I don't expect like a big global catastrophe to be happening and just be sitting there wondering like, well, why isn't Batman here to help? <laughs> like I don't have to do that, but like with something like this, literally everybody in the entire planet went through something and it's this isn't like a connected universe thing and you'd think that like for instance in bvs when clark and bruce meet diana they would have remembered that day in 1984 when the nuclear war broke out and all this stuff and wonder woman televised herself to the entire world and stopped it all from happening you'd think they would remember that and not be like she with you you know what i mean that, you know what I mean? it's like because yeah. yeah. that's another thing that's kind of lazy in my opinion because you'd think that just to avoid any of that kind of stuff they would make the memory of your wish go away once you renounce the wish but no they didn't do like everybody literally just remembers it all and it just it all happens so like in this like world, like as soon they just remember as soon as yeah as soon as max renounced his wish Everything should have been reset back to status quo. Yeah, what it was before right. he before he had gotten his wish and before he'd started granting all the other wish. Everything else should have been reset, and that way you're left with people without memories, and it's it's, it's a much cleaner, much tidier ending. Um, this I, I think one of the things is maybe because this movie was was so long. I mean, it's a two and a half hour film. Um, maybe they knew it was long, and maybe they and you felt feel like, it. You know what? We're like, not gonna. Yeah. I felt it. I didn't. I didn't. But um, but maybe again, that was me just wrapped up in. I don't know. I to me the 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 message of the movie, the ideas of the movie, were more important than the execution. And I don't know why. I don't know why some movies. I mean, like like you said, for you, you can watch Mortal Kombat and be perfectly happy with it, and other people watch it and think it's terrible. Um, 
I think it's I think it's a pretty damn good movie too. It's a great movie. It's um, like it's like I, it's spawned from the nineties too, man. Like sure. two thousand like that's a terrible I love it though, man. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I love watching it's it. It's so like, bad. It's so bad, but I love watching it. It's oh, so, yeah. so good. It's so good. Yeah, so CGI. I don't know why I don't know why it hits some people one way and it hits others the other way. I just I just know like I I just saw it last night too. I mean Me by too, the time yeah. we're record when we're recording this, it's been out for a couple days already. Um, so I really didn't even spend time today again. I saw it last late last night. I came home, went to bed, and I haven't had much time to get into reading reviews and what other people's thoughts are on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the few little like Instagram posts I saw that were bashing and whatever were just people like just the dumb fanboy stuff that I just like, okay, I get it. They didn't have anybody, you know, they didn't have people being murdered left and right, you know, on screen and they didn't have all the angst and the whatever. I, I I get it, but it's okay. That doesn't have to happen in every movie. Yeah, and I like I I liked it like the tone of everything. Like I was mm-hmm. I was on board with like okay, so this because when the movie first starts out, before you get introduced to the Dreamstone stuff, like all of the negatives for me happen once the Dreamstone's introduced. Everything leading up to that point, which I mean, which happens at like the end of the first act, but I mean, in the end, yeah. like that first act kind of sets up this kind of like new tone that they're going with, the, that more Christopher Reeve Superman kind of tone. And like, I was still, I was on board with all of that as it was unwinding. There is some pretty dodgy CGI throughout the entire movie, like I will say. Um, granted, I didn't see it in theaters, and I don't know if it plays a little bit better in theater, but. There's some of the sequences where I'm like, it just I'll say it that, looks eh. But yeah, I I agree with that. I I think some of the CGI was pretty, but I will say that the cheetah fight sequence looked a lot better than I thought it was going to based off the previews. Yeah, in it, the previews it did look I a thought that better. I think they did some cleanup on that before since that since that trailer came out where they showed her for the first. Yeah, season. I didn't think even in the trailer I didn't think it looked very good. Yeah, it's not like a it's not like a night and day difference, but it did look a little bit better. Um but obviously like the see there's a reason why they did that that whole scene at night because they knew oh, yeah. they knew the CG wasn't wasn't and on they had par with what it should be. Like camera shots in the water and yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so I mean they definitely tried to hide it as much as possible, but the overall end outcome wasn't nearly as bad as the, the trailer portrayed. It's just again, like her whole character unfortunately mm-hmm. was just there just for that fight scene. Like, and that's pretty much it. Just because she can't you can't have Wonder Woman going up and punching maxwell lord he's just a dude so like it, it kind of would have been pretty a, boring like on a related note um there was a giant dc crossover that happened back in the mid early to mid 2000s um and it was called uh infinite crisis mm-hmm. and there was there was a story that led up to that um but as part of the story leading up to that wonder woman actually snaps maxwell lord's neck um, to kill him because he is in, in the comics, Maxwell Lord has the ability to take over other people's minds to make them do things. And he has taken over Superman's mind is making Superman do things that are bad. And so Wonder Woman in, in, in order to stop him, she puts her lasso of truth around him and says, how do I stop you? What, how, you know, how do I make you stop? And of course the lasso of truth makes Max Lord tell the truth. And he says, the only way you can stop me is to kill me. And so she understands that that truly is the only way she can stop him. And so she does it. She snaps his neck. So at the end of the movie, when she's struggling to get to him, I was 
in the back of my head, I'm going, oh, shit. Are they going to actually go through with this and do this? Because that's kind of what I felt like maybe they were they were locking or uh, leading up to. But um, ultimately, they don't. They go with a little more hopeful message, which fit more tonally with the, with the movie and where they were. Yeah. So, yeah. But, that, but that sorry, yeah, that's just a side. Yeah, that's just a, a side there, a side note on Maxwell Lord's character. Yeah, because I mean, otherwise, though, the, some of the positives. I guess I'll, I'll talk about the things I did like. I mean, obviously, like I said, the tone and stuff worked for me. Um, she does like teach herself how to fly, so I mean, that was that was yeah, okay. That, that was, but but yet again, it's also kind of vague and undefined, isn't it? Because did she actually fly, or does she is she just able to? propel herself into the sky and then kind of control her falling or does she actually is. fly to me it looked like she learned to fly like because yeah. i mean that I, that was the vibe i got from it all too because like they they put in like the steve trevor line of like how easy it is to fly so then they show her up there doing sure. it. and it was a very similar to clark learning to fly when he gets the suit yep. in man of steel it was very reminiscent to that speaking of which before i forget did you notice that during the scene at the end of the movie when she's trying to lasso max and like it won't once once you see that she does you don't know as an audience that he has been lassoed but she's given her speech and at this point she has lassoed him um speaking of which the lasso of truth never made anybody tell the truth in this entire movie <laughs> like not that it was like it, it wasn't even used to do that it was just a sure a magic rope and that's yeah it, it does some pretty crazy stuff but like there are so many points in the movie like in the beginning of the movie where i'm like is this wonder woman or spider-man like the way she has is using the rope she's just literally web bounce around, around like, place to place yeah yeah but during that scene where she's giving her speech and everything on the you know the end of the movie they were playing the BVS music. Did you notice that? It's the music that is playing during the um, the opening of BVS, where well, not that not the true opening, but the opening where the you're getting the Bruce Wayne flashbacks with Martha dying. The music, yeah. that somber music that is playing over that, is what's playing during that scene, which I thought was really weird. Like it just kind of like I, I was sitting there listening to it, and I was like, "Dude, this is this is that BBS," and it keeps going on. I'm like, "This is totally that BBS music, like 100." percent So it was, I thought it was kind of weird because there was no. I thought it was going to mean something. Like it, I mean, the music yeah. fit the scene, but it didn't lead to anything that would connect it I, back to Bruce or anything. So I, I did not. I, I did not. Playing. I did not recognize it so i'm gonna have to go back and yeah i mean i might be wrong i mean i might have to listen but it was if it's not the exact same music it is like eerily similar like it is like exactly enough to make me believe in my head right now that they did just play the same music if it's the same music with all the bad stuff that was going on you almost wonder if her if one of the wishes that was made is like i wish a disgruntled employee wished that thomas and martha wayne got their comeuppance and Right, and, and 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 they're dying at the same point that she is saving the world, and and maybe that guy just didn't rescind his wish or something. I don't know. It could be something crazy like that. They're trying to tie those, because yeah. I mean, if if you look at eighty four to to what two thousand and four would be twenty years, so Bruce would be. It still makes. I don't think Bruce is quite old enough for that to be happening. Well, it's also the same. They play that music in BBS another time when Batman's about to kill Clark with the spear. And then mm-hmm. 
Lois runs in. Like that music's playing during that scene too, if I'm remembering okay. correctly too. And there's like a choir thing on the background in the background over top of this. It. It's just like really slow, like piano music, and then you hear like you know like angel angelic vocals in the background. I don't know. It was just weird that it was they they just chose to use that existing music for for that scene. And I don't know. Something that stood out to me. But then also, we did get the invisible jet, which I thought was... It was kind of cool, I guess, in some ways. But I was fine with it, but I was like, it kind of came out of nowhere. And it kind of goes more along with the soft reboot thing, because it's like, Wonder Woman is just doing stuff in a lot of ways that we had never seen her really do. Like, the Spider-Man web-slinging with the rope. Not to that extent was ever done. And then all of a sudden now, she's like making a little Kamehameha wave in her hands to make her ship, her plane invisible. Yeah. Like, so there's, there's, there's things in the comic books that explain like why her bet, her jet's invisible. I mean, there at one point in the comics, her jet is actually just an Amazonian artifact that can take any shape that she needs it to. Um, and, and so, you know, and at some point, and sometimes they just don't explain why she has an invisible jet. Sometimes it's just there. Um, and so I'm guessing they had, they felt like they had to decide or had to explain why it existed. And so I didn't mind the explanation for it, but you're right. They just kind of give her a new power. I mean, you, it would be a very useful power. I'm surprised she didn't use it on something else or, or or use it another way. You'd think that something like that, she would have been practicing more because she says to Steve, like, I've only ever been able to do this with a cup. It's yeah. like you're not practicing this. Like you can literally <laughs> make things invisible. Like yeah, that's pretty useful. Like you should, yeah. you should probably try a little bit harder to master that power. Like yeah. be, it's pretty useful. Let's talk about uh, unless you have anything else, we can wrap up with uh, the post credit scene. Because oh yeah, um, honestly, I thought I thought it was like as as fun for people who are fans as it was. I thought it was the most pointless thing. What happened? Ever. Oh, yeah. Like, it was literally, like, literal pure fan service in, like, the worst kind of way because it literally leaves... It, it doesn't set anything up, and it could never be referenced again, and it, it'd be fine. And It wouldn't it, matter. Yeah. It wouldn't matter at all. But it's just, you see, it cuts to... Uh, for, for anyone who hasn't seen it, like Rick here, I'm going to give a little play-by-play. It just... Scene opens up, you see someone in a very well, similar hold on, hold on, garb. Hold on. Hold on, let's 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 go back just a quick and let's set up the whole thing because throughout the movie you're told this story of this. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, do, gonna, do you think that? that? Okay, okay. Yeah, well, I was going to get into I'll it. You, I'll let you do it. Okay, um, but you see, you see, just someone who's wearing like a blue cloak with black hair. You, you think it's Wonder Woman at first. In all honesty, that's what you're led to believe because you just see the back of her. Then like a telephone pole drops and they just put her arm. They put their arm up and catch it. Get saved somebody from getting hit by whatever. Then someone runs over and is like, "Oh my god, I just want to thank you. You saved you my life or my kid's life, whatever it was." Then they turn around and it's Linda Carter, and then like she's just like has some stupid dialogue or whatever. But then she ends up saying that you know she's hysteria. And in in the earlier parts of the movie, like John was saying, in that golden armor that Wonder Woman's wearing, in like this shot here, and like this armor here, you're told that an ancient Amazonian warrior named Asteria wore this armor who Wonder Woman now had in her possession and like in 1984, 1984 present day has it. And like, she shows it to Steve because it's in her closet essentially. 
and she says like, yeah, the last ancient, you know, greatest Amazonian warrior, Asteria, wore this armor and saved the Amazons and allowed them to retreat into Themyscira during the ancient war of man, uh, b- between the ancient war of men and the Amazons, right? So, like, that's the the only real setup you get for the Asteria character is just, like, that was her armor. Which, that whole thing actually didn't make a whole lot of sense, because if she, if, if she, like, sacrificed herself wearing the armor, how does Wonder Woman have it, and why is it in pristine, in pristine condition? True. You know what I mean? Because you'd think it would have been in pretty rough shape after after the scene we saw off the flashback. It was really an army of dudes wailing on her in the armor. Imagine it would have been unrecoverable, but... I mean, it's like Beskar. No, it's not, because Cheetah destroys it. Oh. Like, it doesn't hold up at all. <laughs> like, Cheetah was literally able to put it... just rip it to shreds without really any effort. Um, but anyway, so that's what you get, is, like, she turns around, she mentions that her name is Asteria, and, you're, and then that's it. And it's like, okay. Um. What Death purpose it. is that going to serve at all? Like, because yeah. it, it, it just doesn't, I don't know. It's just dumb. Cause like they, they never have to go back to that. Like Asteria wasn't it's, like set up to like come in and be like some grand savior. Like, so I, it, yeah, I, I appreciate them finding a way to bring Linda Carter into the movie because yeah, I mean, I'm fine with, that. I love Linda Carter. I mean, Linda Carter was, you know, I, I watched the wonder woman show from the seventies when I was a kid when it was in syndication. Um, Linda Carter, for all intents and purposes, seems like she's a wonderful woman. I'm glad that they found, again, pun intended, I guess. Um, but, um, but, but, so I'm glad that they. But it, you're right. It makes no. It doesn't. It doesn't serve any other purpose other than to just have. I mean, they could have literally just had a post credit sequence where Linda Carter pops up and Patty Jenkins says, "Linda Carter, thank you for being the original Wonder Woman," yeah. and that would have had as much impact on it as as anything else so i mean it's it's a fun i guess little silly way for them to acknowledge her and her contributions to the character but it doesn't serve a purpose yeah that's the only thing i like i don't know it just i thought there was gonna be more than just that for a post-credit scene because that's like you give the cheesy one but then you have one that actually is like meaningful typically to set up the like the next thing but this was just like but that, back, but that, but that all goes back to if in order to do a post credit scene that leads to something else, you have to know what you're going to do after this, and and that just yeah. goes back to the fact that DC has no clue what they're doing right now. They're kind of just fast and loose. So go, okay, we'll do this. Okay, Joker work. Let's do some more something else like Joker. Oh, Wonder Woman's. I mean, I'm guessing because it's been the sequel's been greenlit. They're they're saying it's doing well enough, and they're okay. Let's do another Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, without knowing where you're going, it's hard to do anything that has any kind of meaning behind it. Right. I'm with you. But, I mean, overall, like, I'm, I'm like, pretty much 50-50 split on the movie because there are things I liked in it, but... It's, the other part okay. of it is I was very disappointed with it and did not think it was anywhere near as good as the first Wonder Woman movie. Like, Yeah, and there's, on, there's also... Level. This is the kind of movie, like, again, I said the Christopher Reeve stuff. This is the kind of movie that, I, you know, I, I'd be happy to take my kid to. I feel like this is, you know, I, I, it, I felt like it, it, I, I can go along with the narrative inconsistencies enough or, or at least let them slide off me enough that I can enjoy the movie. They don't pull me out of it that much. 
but I also feel like it's it's a fun movie that you know you could take a kid to see, and it's not going to be as traumatizing as some of the other. Like I I wouldn't take a kid to go see Logan, but I take him to see that. I mean, Logan was radar. I'm trying to think of a more like intense PG thirteen movie like The Dark Knight. I guess I wouldn't take him to see The Dark yeah. Knight. Yeah, a, a younger kid, I guess. A little more heavy handed, right? It, it's definitely sure. a lot more lighthearted, and I mean it's yeah. Since they play it so fast and loose, it's kind of like perfect for a kid. Cause they're just, I don't know. At the same time, like the fact that like Wonder Woman's barely in the movie, despite it being a Wonder Woman True. movie. So I could see a lot of kids and being even, really bored. Like, and even when she is in the movie, she's she's depowered. She's fighting yeah. this, you know, issue these issues she's having with her power. So yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm very torn on it. Overall, if I, if I had to score it, I I, I would probably make it less than 50% like because you know I mean to give it like a negative rating if I was like a Rotten Tomatoes certified critic it probably would not be certified fresh from me because like I just didn't care for it um and I would just have to be honest like it's not something that I'm ever gonna watch again like and like that being said I never watched Aquaman for a second time either and like I I liked that movie but don't care for it at the same time but overall I thought it was a good movie Whereas this, on the other hand, overall, I think is a bad movie, so I wouldn't watch it again. You know what I mean? And is that it's kind of confusing? But overall, liked Aquaman. Don't have a need to watch it. Overall, did not like this, so I'm not going to watch it again. Like you know, I'm I'm sure I'll watch it a, another one or two times before it goes away from HBO Max until they inevitably bring it back. But um, yeah, but no, yeah, I, I I would give it. I'd give it. A nine out of ten, I'd give it an A rating, depending on what you're, how you're scoring stuff. But, um, but again, I do understand why people have issues. I do understand some people. I understand your issues with the narrative not making total sense and them not establishing the rules of the universe and not adhering to those rules. Um, mm-hmm. Which, which you know, can that that can cause issues and um, take you out of a movie. I completely understand that critique of it yeah because i mean when i like i try to whenever i rank any kind of movie or trying to like judge any kind of movie i try to be as like i don't know unbiased as possible and try to just because i'm i'm a huge dc fan so i'm going to be very partial to a dc movie then and very like i love star wars so i'm gonna i'm gonna go watch those movies and i'm gonna be it's easily it's very easy to become biased to the properties that you just inherently love so a lot of times i try to just judge a movie on like basic concepts like how they execute the plot it was there a simple like a, a coherent narrative to follow did the cgi look good was the story good like you know that kind of stuff the acting like i said everybody all the performances in the film are fine they did the best they could I, I just don't think the script was very good, and what they did with the script, I don't think was executed very well. Like it's very spotty CGI from the very start. I mean, the first opening sequence on uh, Themyscira was kind of the best thing in the entire movie, which isn't really saying much because it wasn't really mind-boggling either. Like, but like I feel like that was kind of like the best overall stuff we got, and, and as far as visually, was probably the stuff we got in the first act. Like, and then like. But even then, there was this very spotty CG throughout the thing. Like, I don't know. I just felt like it was just like a movie that they didn't even know what they really wanted to do with it and just kind of just started throwing things in it just for the sake of throwing things in it and just doing, I don't know. I, I can't really explain how it is. I just know that I just, it didn't work for me. I'm like, I don't hate the movie, but 
and I would still recommend people watch it because, like you said, there are people out there. Like the early critic reviews for it were outstanding. Like everyone, like was giving it great reviews. Like a, a month ago, when the first wave of critic reviews came out, but like now that more people have seen it, like you're saying, you're seeing a lot of people, you know, trashing the film and not liking the film, and it's starting to come out a lot more. But I'm just kind of disappointed because it definitely wasn't as good as the first one, and like. The first one was just like a really good, the solid movie outside of Wonder Woman. Just the overall story they told was really good, in my opinion. And then with this, it was just the I mean, complete opposite. Like, wasn't really a good Wonder Woman movie for me. Wasn't really a good movie in general for me. It just felt really sloppy yeah. and like meh. Like, well, that know. goes uh, that goes back to to I'm, I'm kind of curious what they're going to do with the next one because mm -hmm. I think that the 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 tonally. They couldn't do what they did with this movie set in the modern age. I don't. I don't think the the the, the hopeful tone of this movie um, would have played the same had it been set in the present day. Um, so I'm curious how they're going to modernize those ideas and those things to bring it forward. I think the '80s. I mean, there's a lot of people too that like. There's a lot of people that just miss the 80s um, or there are people that were young in the 80s and don't remember them that well. And and I think the 80s were a goofy time. I mean, it, they were just a, a real goofy time. But I think you could play kind of off of that. I don't know. I don't know. The world seems much more serious now than it did in the 80s. Right. And so I think I think totally setting it there made perfect sense to do that. But I, and that, this is a long way of just me getting to. I, I'm really curious to see what they do with the character, what kind of tone they bring to the third one, and how if it plays better. Um, I'm also curious how quickly they're going to make them have try and get it made because, as you saw with this one, and as you you pointed out, narratively they obviously need some more time to kind of shore up their their story structure a little bit and make things not so. Um, kind of fly by your pants. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a little bit. And it, which is interesting because this was a writing credit wise. It was both Jeff Johns and Patty who Patty, like yep. literally wrote the script. So, so that's another reason I was kind of disappointed with it being such a sloppy like story because it's like yeah, Patty and Jeff Johns like you'd think that this would have been been a little bit more coherent. But I don't oh. know. Like not that it's like confusing. It's just that like. It do, it genuinely doesn't make sense. And like like you said, they didn't establish the rules to it. So things like things happen for some people, but then like for whatever reason doesn't or can't or just won't happen for other people. But it's like you're seeing this. There's just too many inconsistencies with it. You know what I mean? It's not like they set up rules and broke them. It's that they didn't set up rules and the things they were showing you just start to not make sense as you see all the like just hodgepodge of things that are being done. You know. So. I don't know. I'm still excited for Wonder Woman 3, though. So, Rick, after hearing us kind of like me not like it and John like it, where are you at with wanting to see the movie at this point? Uh, Any not, more? not very high up on the scale. No, <laughs> no I mean, I've, for entertainment purposes, maybe, um, but it's not something I, I think I'd go out of my way to, to go watch. Yeah, I, just, mean, I, just I can't blame you for Wonder Woman. Gal Gadot, Patty Jenkins. I'm sorry, I tried. Yeah. Obviously, I failed miserably. <laughs> like, don't, don't, don't point, don't, don't point to me in this video as as a way to get people. <laughs> well, I was just saying, I liked, like I said, I liked everybody in it. So, like, I'm, 
I like Patty Jenkins. So I'm still looking forward to seeing what she does with the next installment. And like uh, she has kind of said before, the next one would bring her into modern day. So I'm I, like you said, I'm definitely curious how the what how and what they're gonna do tonally with the movie in general, having coming off of you know this movie. So we'll just have to wait and see. But question is, guys. What did you think about Wonder Woman 1984? Do you do you more agree with like me and that the you know just the overall narrative and everything was just kind of too sloppy, didn't didn't hold your attention enough, and you just didn't think it was executed enough to give it you know a certified fresh rating, if you will. Like like myself, I probably would. I, I definitely rank this a, a, of the DC movies not up there on the list. But John, he 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 said it could be one of his best movies, the best comic book movies he's ever seen. Like he really enjoyed it. So there's gonna be, you know, that's that's the subjectivity of film right there. So I mean, you you like it, love it, hate it, whatever you think, let us know down in the comment section below. All right, guys. So now with the Wonder Woman review down and out of the way, and uh, like I said, with the lack of news this week, we are going to use this opportunity to discuss our most anticipated movies of 2021. I'm gonna get hey, things... hey Rob. Yeah, what's up, sorry, sorry to interrupt. You good? You might want to wave wave your hands for the folks at home that were. Oh yeah, we're waiting for the spoilers the... to be over. That's a good point. We're <laughs> done. If you if you were to pause here, this is when you unpause. Waving hands again. Thanks for reminding me. People would have been muted for another hour probably, <laughs> or just went on to another video at some point. But either way. Let's get this list started. So first off, I'm going to give my top top five. We're going to now get the uh, top five list from uh, Robin Rick or not Robin Rick, Rick <laughs> and John. And then I have just like honorable mentions of just pretty much all the movies I'm looking forward to in 2021. But first off, my number one most anticipated of 2021 is Dune. Good choice. Directed by D Denis Villeneuve himself. All the backlash, obviously, from the Warner Brothers announcement saying this is going to go on HBO Max. If anything, it's probably given Dune a lot more attention to people who have no idea what the hell Dune is. So it looks like they're going to be forced to release this one in theaters and not on HBO Max, which in some ways kind of disappoints me because I was actually looking forward to just watching it on HBO Max because I'm not one to really go out in the midst of uh, this pandemic right now and go to the theaters. Like, it's not really the first thing I try to do. So we'll just have to see. We'll have to see where we're at when this movie comes out and see if I can actually go see it or if I got to wait. So my number two is actually Suicide Squad. With James Gunn attached to it, it made me a lot more hype for the first... I didn't hate the first Suicide Squad movie, but it wasn't... Uh, kind of like Wonder Woman 84. Like, it wasn't really just executed very well. There were things they could have done a lot better. I think I like Suicide Squad a little bit more in that movie, but I don't really care for Suicide Squad either. It's another one of those where I've watched it one time, and I think that's enough. So, but with James Gunn coming back to direct this one, I'm very excited for it. So I can't wait to see that. My number three... Number three is actually Venom 2. Not because Venom number one was the best movie in the world, but I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun. True. They're introducing Carnage in this one. I love Venom. I love Carnage. I love Spider-Man. Spider-Man is my favorite Marvel character. And by virtue of that, I extend that likeness to a lot of his uh, rogues gallery and everything. So I love Venom. I love Carnage. Very excited to see what they do in that movie. So Venom 2 is my number 3 pick. Then my number 4 pick is Spider-Man 3. Mainly because of all this, you know, this multiverse news that's been coming. Like this, this wouldn't have been, like, my number 4 or 5 or whatever without all the confusion around what the hell's going on in this movie. So that is mainly, like, once the trailer comes out for this... It might, and we actually have a better understanding of what's even going on in this movie. 
I might not be looking forward to it as much. I don't know. As are there's some other movies, uh, like the next one that I'm going to mention uh, for my number five pick, it, the same kind of concept could happen. Um, but with that being said, we'll get into my number five. My number five is actually Matrix 4. That being said, I have no idea what they're going to do with this movie. So <laughs> once I have some more information about this, I, I, I might not be looking forward to this at all. But as it stands right now, The Matrix is one of my all-time favorite movie franchises. Uh, despite the second and third one not living up to the greatness of the first one, I still got enjoyment out of those movies and just kind of just kind of like Spawn and Mortal Kombat. I love The Matrix Reloaded, personally. I think it's a great movie. Um, is it as good as the first Matrix movie? No, but I love the franchise. So those are my top five. Just go over it again. My top five most anticipated 2021 is Dune. Number two is Suicide Squad. Number three is Venom. Number four, Spider-Man 3. And number five is Matrix 4. So, guys, with those top fives, what do you, what do you think of, of my top five list? Any of those on your guys' list? Pretty much all of those are on my list. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Yeah. So is that is that literally your top five as well? I was gonna say that. Uh, gosh, I forget the other ones we were looking at, but those are definitely up there. Venom two in specific. I love Venom one. I like Venom. I like Carnage. You know, be interesting to see what Woody Harrelson does with the character. But uh, like you said with the Matrix, I don't really know what's gonna happen. It's more or less just like, ooh, another Matrix movie. You know. Yeah. And to me, it's just like sounds good. Like I'm sure it'll be at least somewhat cool. Yeah, that's what that's what I'm hoping for, man. But Dune, I think, will be interesting. Uh, is it Timothy Chalamet? Chalamet? Yep, Timothy Chalamet. He's a good actor. Um, He's great, dude. Yeah, so uh, he can do it all. I saw him on Saturday Night Live, and he was great. Yeah. But um, so I think that's cool. It's very sci-fi and, like, off-world and just – it It seems like it'll be good, and visually, I'm sure it'll be stunning. So for sure, but the, the director is what got me most hype about that movie. Like, yeah. I mean, I, was, I mean, I liked the original Dune. I've never read the books, and I, I like the original one from uh, the seventies or eighties, whenever it was. Yeah, I think it's I the eighties. Yeah, it's just uh, I don't know. I know that movie didn't do the books justice, just based on everything I've heard. So True. knowing that Denis Villeneuve was like a huge fan of the Dune material in general, and you is think? making a more accurate depiction especially just with now is like what we're able to do you know with cgi and all that kind of stuff like i'm just i have a lot of faith in denis villeneuve so like, he hasn't made a bad movie yet i don't expect him to make a bad one with a franchise that he holds very near and dear to his heart so i think so. two suicide squad will be good um i'm I so saying this i never even saw the first one but i like james gunn and from You're not the, listening, the, what is it the sizzle reel or whatever <laughs> we saw um, mm -hmm. that it just looks entertaining, colorful, crazy. Yeah, it looks great. Dude. My kind of movie. I'm very excited for it. I'm very excited for it. John, how's your how's your list stack up compared to mine? We actually only had one that crossed over, although we do have. I I cheated a little bit. I gave myself some honorable mention spots. <laughs> I I got so, a whole list of honorable mentions too. So. Okay. For well, sure. my top my top five, and these are, I believe, in order. Um, my most anticipated one is Black Widow. Um, Black I've been looking Widow. forward to that movie. The, the pandemic, you know, first world problems here, but the pandemic is keeping that movie off the screens for a year is 100%. one of the most, yeah, one of the things. And that's not to take away from all the hardships mm -hmm. other people have endured. And that obviously I'm sympathetic and understand that 
Epidemic has been a lot worse than just a movie being delayed. But mm-hmm. that being said, I was really looking forward to that movie, especially seeing what had happened with Natasha in, in game and this being a back, you know, them backtracking or going back in time to previous events, how they were going to weave that narrative into the overall MCU. And plus it's the first movie to kick, kick off, kick off, kick off <laughs> the next, the next phase of the MCU, which is, you know, we saw how masterful, well, in my opinion, how masterful, masterfully they executed the first um, 10 years of, of that film franchise. So, so I'm really curious to see how this one opens the door to the next decade and how they how they play it. So that's definitely number one in my book. Um, number two is Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Um, I'm a martial arts junkie. Uh, you know, you, you put martial arts in something, you have a better than not chance that I'm going to go see it. Um, so for the MCU to put their hands into that world and and, and bring a character from that world into the MCU. I'm, I'm super excited about, um, and the cast looks amazing for that. I have a feeling that it's going to be True. very well done. Yeah. Um, then the next one is simply the, the intrigue right now of it. Um, and all the casting news is the one that you mentioned, Spider-Man three. Uh, that's number three on my list just simply because I don't have any clue what they're doing. I don't understand where they're going with it. I'm so intrigued to find out how they pull that off. Um, we could get the first trailer though. And I could go, well, that doesn't look good at all. And it could drop off the list, but right 100%. now it's firmly in at number three. Mm-hmm. Um, the next one for me is no time to die. Daniel Craig's last uh, hurrah, supposedly as James supposedly. Bond. Um, he's all of his James Bond's movies up until now have been immensely entertaining for me. And, um, even I'm gonna forget the name of the second one. Um, ah, that's gonna drive me nuts. Anyway, the, the even the second one, which I didn't care for as much. Um, Quantum I still of Souls. Quantum of Souls. Thank you. I had yeah. I, I still felt like it was an entertainment entertaining movie, and I like the James Bond franchise. So it'll be interesting to see them wrap up this chapter of those movies. And then finally, my fifth movie is Uncharted. Um, I'm a little disappointed that Nathan Fillion is not playing the role of Nathan Drake. Um, but Tom Holland has done a good job with Spider-Man. He does and, in the uh, end look the part too. He does. <laughs> like in the he end, does. he looks he, like a young Nathan. Nathan Drake, does, not a young so. Nathan Fillion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love those movies so much or movies, those games so much that I'm hoping they do the movie justice and, um, that's it. All right. So we'll, we'll recap your list. And so you got, what do we got here? We got uh, Black Widow is your number one. Then we got old Shang-Chi is your number oh, two. Shang-Chi. We got Spider-Man 3 is your number Spider-Man three. three. And then number yep. four is No Time to Die, along with your number five of Uncharted. So that's a good list. Yeah. Solid yeah. list. Solid. So surprisingly, here's the thing, though, too. Surprising, it's kind of, I guess, unsurprising that we didn't have any of matching, but at the same time, so many movies like Black Widow, for instance, and No Time to Die were supposed to come out this year. So 2021 is even more of a stacked year than it was even going to be. 
So, I mean, that being said, I, here's here's a, just the honorable mentions. And, Rick, you might see some of these and some might pop out to you a little bit more as well. Because there's some on here that I'm like, I'm equally looking forward to kind of all these movies in 2021. Because this isn't like every movie in 2021. But it's a, it's definitely the ones I'm most looking forward to for sure. So, Eternals. Very curious to see what's going on with that. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm I'm honestly, I know it's been like delayed because I think this was also one that was supposed to come out this year in 2020, but we haven't had any footage from it. Like not a single thing, like not even a costume reveal. Yeah. There's been nothing. So shrouded in secrecy. It really is. All we gotten was a Kumon on Johnny body reveal. That's all we got. He's looking jacked. <laughs> yeah. He's looking jacked. But so. so if that's not enough to make you intrigued, I don't know. <laughs> so, I mean, definitely eternal is something I'm looking forward to seeing. Then uh, Mission Impossible 7. That'll be cool. Because these movies, kind of like uh, what you were saying with Daniel Craig's James Bond movies, it, it, almost a better extent, though, is like I've, I've never been disappointed by one of these movies. Man, these things have these things get better as Tom it's Cruise pretty much gets the older. American James Bond almost in a way. Not really, but I mean, action-wise. It's very similar in concept. But very, yeah. I mean, if they find a way to transition a different actor into that series it could definitely be the American mission impossible for james yeah. bond yeah. yeah if they continue on after tom's done with them and something because i'm sure they will at some point because i mean why would you not you know in, in 20 years when tom's obviously done doing it like hollywood sees a lot more value in rebooting an existing franchise and trying to come up with a new one so if it works they'll they'll definitely do it later on yeah and uh obviously here we talked about the original but Definitely looking forward to this Mortal Kombat movie. I think that'll be cool. But again, I have hesitations for this because it's a first-time writer who penned the script, and it's a first-time director who directed the movie. So I'm worrisome in that regard. But, I mean, everyone has to have their first time doing something. So, I mean, I... I, I'm good with that. Think of the resources they have, though, now. Like, compared to the first one that came out. You know, like, visually and... Dude, Everything. just because it, th that's implying that every movie that comes out today should be good, and that yeah. we know that's not the case. Like, there's tons of resources available to everybody. It's all about the execution. True. I mean, look at Wonder Woman '84. Like, in my opinion, not <laughs> executed well at all. But they had all the money and all the resources and a good first movie to build off of. And like, I don't know, didn't doesn't always work out. So I'm, I probably have the most hesitation for this one, but also I'm the most optimistic because. I mean, Mortal Kombat's great. Like, I just, I, I, yeah. I've been waiting years for them to actually do like a a good, a good legit one. Mortal Kombat, and like they say that they're gonna have like fatalities and all this stuff <laughs> in it, and just like, cool, man. Like, I'm I'm on board with it. Just make it good. Like, I'm definitely definitely excited to see where that goes. But hey, like I said, once we get the first trailer for it, I might be completely turned off about it. But the idea of it, just like Matrix Four, it's up there for me. Yeah. Also, Morbius. That first trailer kind of like blew me away with it. I was not expecting to uh, really care at all in a lot of ways about it. Like I love Jared Leto. I think he's a great actor. I, I like. I was really excited for, to see what he was going to be doing as a Joker, and I think they really butchered what his Joker could have been. And that first trailer, kind of along the lines with uh, the Spider-Man Three, I'm like. Just the the reveals that we got in the trailer really piqued my interest with you know the Spider-Man mural on the wall in the alleyway and then 
Michael Keaton's vulture character appearing at the end and the prison yeah. costume he was in at the end of Spider-Man Homecoming. So just the idea that this movie is somehow connected to the MCU Spider-Man stuff in some way, however loosely or however, I'm th that's got me very intrigued. But I mean, other than that, like the actual Morbius stuff we saw in the trailer, I thought looked pretty good. Like it did give me some like old school superhero movie vibes, like blade kind of movie vibes yeah. in some Ooh, ways, but the first two blade movies are really good. So it's not necessarily a bad thing, but, so I'm looking forward to that. And obviously we got Godzilla versus Kong. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, so be entertaining in some ways. Even though I didn't care for King uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters, I thought that was kind of I don't know, just a poor execution really. Just I a generic action. It was very generic. Monsters, yeah. yeah. It was very generic and I feel like they tried to do a little bit too much in it and it just made it kind of like incoherent in a lot of ways. I don't know. Like disappointing, but I still like big monsters hitting things, so I'm going to watch the movie no matter what. <laughs> that's how I feel. And then uh, that's it, because uh, we're going to get into some other stuff here. So that was uh, the Boba Fett stuff we're going to talk about next. So that, that's uh, <laughs> yeah. movie-wise, 2021, that's the most anticipated. Is there anything that I missed on here that you guys are like looking forward to as far as the movies go? As far as, as movies, movies no. Yeah, as far as movies, I'll just... My honorable mentions included one that was on your list suicide squad i am looking forward to that um just because james gunn has done such a good job with the guardians films and the other mm -hmm. movies yes. that he's done 100%. um he's I, I i feel like that movie's got to be good it'll be it'll be more surprising if it's not good than if it is good um and um one that we haven't talked about i don't think is on anybody's radar um but tomb raider 2 i thought the first tomb raider movie um, and I, uh, it's Alicia Vanderhorst. Alicia Vikander. Vikander. Um, I thought that first movie that she, the first Tomb Raider that she did, I had no expectations for that. I mean, I, I was coming in from having the, having seen the Angelina Jolie ones back in the movie and, and just kind of a so-so Tomb Raider fan. I, mm -hmm. I've, I've enjoyed some of the games, some of them I haven't. And I thought that first movie was just so good. It was so fun. So, so much action and, and, and the, it, was a, it was a smart script. It, it wasn't real cheesy one-liners and stuff. And even the ones that were in there hit right. Um, so th to, I was, I hoped that they would make a second one, but there was no news about that for a long time. And to hear that they are making a second one, that's coming out this year. That jumps right into my honorable mentions. Yeah, for sure. The first one was good. So yeah, I definitely am. Look, I didn't even realize one was coming out in 2021. There's so much, like I said, there's so much stuff coming out. I'm sure we probably missed something, but. Mm -hmm. At least the ones that first like jumped out at me when I was looking through the list, like those ten or fifteen, whatever, whatever we got there, those are definitely the most anticipated for sure. And at least uh, for me, in a lot of ways. So obviously, I went through my top five. John went through his top five. Rick says says that he has a pretty much identical top five. So pretty that, much, pretty yeah. Is, yeah. I mean, like I said, there's so much stuff coming out in 2021. Like it, you. You could almost like stick your hand in there and pull five out, and like you'll probably want to see them. Like it's most mm -hmm. of the ones that are, I don't know. I'm definitely curious of where where a lot of these movies are going to land release date wise, because I think some of them are still pending release dates, and they still have to like shift a bunch of things around. So I don't know. We could have a good couple of months where we get to see a handful of these, you know, anticipated ones within the same week of each other. So that'll be pretty cool. And like I said, hell, so some of these. 
being Warner Brothers movies like Godzilla vs. Kong and Mortal Kombat and Matrix 4, those are all supposedly going straight to HBO Max. They might not even have to go out anywhere to actually see them. So. Then I'll get HBO Max. Yeah, I was going to say, but then you'll probably get HBO Max once that stuff happens. For, so, for <laughs> sure. Worth it. Yep. So, you guys got anything else you want to add about the on the most anticipated least? 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 <laughs> no. That was. We covered mine. All right. Good deal. The question is, guys, what did you think about our lists of uh, most anticipated or top fives and then our, you know, our honorable mentions of just the most anticipated in general for the entire year? Let us know what you think down in the comment section below and then let us know what your top five is. Or if you got a top 10, let us know what that is. Just drop it down there in the comment section below. All right, guys. So to wrap up the show today, similarly to our most anticipated 2021 movie list that we just did, we're going to just kind of speculate what we think is going to happen and what we want to see out of both the Boba Fett, the Book of Boba Fett series that's coming out in December of 2021, and Mando Season 3, which is supposed to... Is, they've kind of mixed things have been said. Someone said I think I heard that it's going to come out like during the airing of Boba Fett or shortly after. I don't think it's been confirmed when it's going to come out. But it, we know it's going to come out around the same time as Boba Fett, so... We're just going with that, and with with Mandalorian just having had a season finale a couple, I think it was what two weeks ago at this point. Um, we're just still kind of reeling from it, so we want to just talk a little bit more about it. See, we're going to discuss where we think it's going to end up, and then uh, obviously a lot of questions after the whole Boba Fett thing. So we're gonna we're gonna kind of break down what we think is going to come up with that. So let's just get right into it here. Where we'll start with the book of Boba Fett. So they kept this a surprise. From the whole Disney reveal thing, they withheld this one and left it on for the the post credit scene on the season finale of Mando. So we know it looks like it's just being set up to be uh, kind of like some under under maybe more like, uh, underworld stuff, like right? A prime boss kind yeah. of thing, you know. Or, but my question is, prime, like, though, where know. do you think they can really go with that idea, though? Well, because Boba like, Fett's changed. He's a changed man. Like, he's got, like, a code of honor now. And, like... Seemingly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, compared to how he was back in Empire and Jedi and all that, or even, like, in Clone Wars, he, it's hard to say. But it'll be interesting just to see more of that Star Wars universe, you know, even outside of, like, the Mandalorian. Well, they said, too, that... Uh, and I kind of called this in some way. I, I said that Robert Rodriguez came in and actually directed the Boba Fett episode, which was great. The, you know, the one where he actually like whoops ass and stuff with the gaffy stick. Um, and I said like back then, like I wouldn't be surprised if Robert Rodriguez is attached to just direct the Boba Fett series if they go through with make it, it pretty brutal. And uh, he, he's supposedly not directing it, but he is on as a producer for, for that season, this Boba Fett series in particular. So that could lead to him doing, a, you know, maybe maybe he directs the first episode yeah. and then other, you know, just kind of sets the tone for everything. Maybe I, I can see that being a thing. Uh, but I'm, I'm actually just curious in general as to like where, where they're going to take the show. Like, because I'm actually kind of like drawing a blank on like i kind of am too where they leave it off because you know he goes in kills uh Bib fortuna. Bib fortuna who was presumably took over after jabba was killed since at the end of jedi so wasn't Bib fortuna on the sail barge though that jabba blew up on yeah i think so then how, how'd he survive skate pod yeah, he, 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 he bailed. He bailed on Jabba. I mean, you, you, you well, I, I was know. presumed I, dead too. 
my my memory of that is um everybody kind of bailed on Joda on on Joda on um oh god uh Jabba 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 thank you Jinx. everybody bailed on Jabba as soon as uh shit started to go down with That's Luke true. uh bouncing back up and getting his lightsaber mm-hmm. because when Leia when Leia strangles him Jabba's kind of the only one there in that, That's in true. that area. So yeah. I'm 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 gonna go out on a limb and say that Bib saw the righty on the wall and bounced before uh, before the before his barge got exploded. Yeah, that's a good point. Where do you see John? Do you, where do you see this show actually going? Because we all we got from it was that Boba going in and killing Bib Fortuna, and then just kind of cornerly sitting on the throne as the camera pans and fades to black. So like. I said, I'm kind of at a loss. Like, I don't know. Or, or he sat on the throne like a badass. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was Did definitely a badass. I think it's corny. It yeah. was definitely corny. It's a, it's a super corny shot. It doesn't mean it wasn't good. I loved like, his face expression. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I honestly, I don't know. I do think that obviously smuggling and smugglers are a huge part of the Star Wars universe in a hugely underdeveloped part of the Star Wars universe. Mm-hmm. So um, they're always kind of referenced, but obviously the most notorious one being Han Solo. Um, but there's obviously an entire world around there. And so, so you know, them deciding to explore that, I'm, I'm all for it. I, I think it's an interesting, um, as long as we don't get bogged down in like the, uh, I don't know, the minutia of, you know, you're you're six containers short this time and where's our yeah. money and you know you know some of that some of that could be a little but if they you know obviously people trying to escape um i mean at this point we're talking about the new new republic being established so maybe them trying to navigate staying away from the new republic as they do their smuggling maybe the the pull of the the old imperials uh that are left the empire the remnants of the empire trying to get supplies and and boba you know trying to supply them on the low without the new republic finding out i I think there are areas that they could go to that would be pretty fun exciting that being said and i'm sure we'll get into it my best guess is on what they were going to do with mandalorian season two could not even begin to approach what they actually did with it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I have no clue. <laughs> I mean, is, ca- with kind of like what Rick was saying with him having like seemingly having this, I mean, we say it's like some new code of honor that he has, but the fact of the matter is we didn't know a goddamn thing about Boba Fett all these years. Yeah. He had like six lines of dialogue throughout the two movies he was in and he was just there to look cool. So like, I mean, yeah. It's it's new to us that the, like any any form of context surrounding his character in general is just new to us at this point, really, because we just never knew too much about him, which leaves kind of like an open door for him. You know, they got an empty plate to deal with. So, I mean, which is good for them. But I could totally see them going in like the route of uh, kind of like the new class of criminal kind of thing, you know, vibe where he, he's going to come in there and like really straighten up the joint like streamline thing like still be like you know do like underworld dealings kind of stuff but like bring a whole like new i don't know like mindset to like what they're doing maybe make them like maybe organize them better and like maybe not do like i don't know a bunch of just spice running maybe like spice do other stuff you know because like who knows like we know han solo ran spice for jabba 
But like, who knows if Bib Fortuna was still doing that? Who knows if that was still even really? I guess it was still it's like spice a, a thing still. It is because uh, Poe Dameron used yeah. to be a spice runner as That's well. True. That's yeah. very true. So we knew the spice running has been a thing ever since the introduction of Star Wars, all up into the sequel. So it could be more of that. But take I, us I, to the spice mines of Kessel. It's true. And I will have to see. Maybe we'll see another Kessel run. Maybe we will. Who knows, though? I don't know. I just think that they're going to lean more into, like, Boba Fett maybe setting up his own kind of, like, thing. You know what I mean? Like, it yeah. just him taking over, like, the, the Jabba's Palace concept, but yeah, really jokering it up. You know what I mean? Like, he's going to, like, when Joker comes in and takes over a gang, like... That gang gets changed, like you know, what I mean? yeah, those dudes, like Jokers. now, yeah, now it's like this is how things are going to be now, and like, so I think we're just going to see more of uh, Boba Fett kind of just build up and just amass a, a following, kind of like his own Mandalorian clan, if you will. I can see sure. like something like that happening, but them not being just outright a bunch of just scummy dudes, since he does seem to be a character with like a strong moral code. He could be like a guild leader. Yeah, like that's what I'm thinking. I don't know, like what the I think because I think in the end what they're gonna do with this show is eventually just have whatever happens in it tie in in some way to what's going to happen in Mandalorian season three, what's going to happen in like the Ahsoka Tano show and then the Rangers of the New Republic show. I think they're going to make all of them and introduce probably like Grand Admiral Thrawn since he was name dropped in the Ahsoka episode. Yeah. I think that I imagine because it was confirmed they were already going to do a crossover event with all four of those shows essentially, right? That whole Mandalorian universe, if, if the MCU, if you will. I, I got to think that Grand Admiral Thrawn will end up being like the big bad there, like the oh, Thanos sure. of it all. Yeah. And I think so. Maybe what Boba is going to be setting up is like going to be a first introduction of maybe Thrawn's hold on the empire at this point, maybe see where he's at and just kind of like leave, leave like a low hanging fruit for the Mando series and everything like that we're going to uncover more about Thrawn throughout the, the four shows, probably mostly in the Ahsoka show since she's actually actively looking for him. Yeah. But I think in the end, like, what? Since that's what they seem to be doing with Star Wars now is making it more like the MCU as far as the storytelling goes, which is a good thing because yes. look how the sequels turned out yeah. and look how the MCU turned out. So it's definitely a good way to go about things. It's, it's, it's worked. It's been proven to work. So it's definitely not a bad thing. Yeah. But I could just see him kind of doing that. Maybe the Boba Fett series overall being a lot like Mandalorian where there's a lot of kind of just one-off episodes but just have one small thing that ties into this big plot, like that's over, which I think is just going to be Thrawn. That's just kind of what I'm expecting out of it. So I don't know though. I, none of that could happen, but that's just where I see it. Cause I, otherwise I'm just kind of drawing a blank of what you could even do with Boba Fett. That would be kind of too different than what you're doing with Mandalorian. But at this point, which we're going to get into in a minute, I don't even know what they're going to, well, I guess I do know what they're going to do. Cause at first, I don't know. We'll get into the Mandalorian stuff in a minute. But I don't know. That's where I think it's going to happen with Boba Fett. So, what, what do you guys think? You got I think you hit the nail on the head there. I mean, I kind of collectively agreed. I think that. Yeah. 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 I, I can't think of anything else. I just think they're going to do some stuff, introduce you know a new class of criminal kind of storyline, and then like start teasing the Thrawn stuff. Is my guess. Yeah. 
or Boba took over Jabba's empire to gain all his resources because he's going to go out and he's on a mission to exterminate all the Sarlacc pits in existence. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure he's that's on his Sarlacc. He's he's pissed about the hum- uh, about being humiliated by that one Sarlacc pit, and so he's going to take revenge on fuck all the Sarlacc. I, I, I honestly <laughs> wouldn't doubt it. That might be his first plan of action: is like let's get rid of all the Sarlaccs <laughs> on Tatooine, and then we'll go from there. Right. Yeah. I could totally see it. So. But that's it, guys. Let us know what you think. What do you? Where do you think they're going to go with this Boba Fett series? Because, I mean, like I said, uh, Boba Fett not having too much to do with the original trilogy kind of gives them a, a blank a blank plate, a blank slate, I guess, is a, the correct terminology here. So they can kind of do whatever it is they want to do because, I mean, we've really learned the most about Boba Fett in the couple episodes he was in of Mandalorian. So... And there's just a lot that you, they could actually go with, like direction-wise with that in, in some way. So I think overall they're going to use it mostly probably to set up some, uh, you know, some Grand Animal Thrawn stuff. And then they're going to do the kind of the same thing with the other shows just to have, you know, their big Avengers team up with it. But who knows? Whatever you guys think, let us know down in the comment section below. All right. So with that down and out of the way, we are going to move on to the Mandalorian Season 3 speculation. Because like I said, it's going to be following Boba Fett. So kind of like our, you know, most anticipated of 2021, these are TV series, so we didn't really include them on it. But these these are definitely up there on the list uh, of most anticipated uh, forms of entertainment to be coming out in 2021 for sure. So we're going to get into what we think uh, is going to be happening in Mandalorian Season 3. We're going to wrap up the show with that. So... Firstly, I think that this, with uh, Mandalorian Season 3, I think it was set up pretty much in Mandalorian Season 2. Um, I think that it's primarily at this point going to focus on retaking Mandalore, which is what I kind of con- assumed was going to happen, and I was kind of hoping they would hap- like do in general when they introduced the Bo-Katan character. I always said that the show should just kind of focus more on the Mandalorian stuff, the Mandalorian lore, because like you could only do the Baby Yoda stuff in the back and forth between the Empire trying to get Baby Yoda or the remnants of the Empire, whatever. You can only do that for so long before it just becomes tired. And yeah. I mean, kind of like I said, like they, they they did end up just wrapping that up. You know, he he goes on his merry way with Luke Skywalker, and we're left with Din Djarin here with the dark saber, and we got the Bo-Katan dark saber drama going. So I just imagine that they're gonna. That's where it's going to go. I think we're going to see the retaking of Mandalore. But the, the the question really is at this point, who is who even has Mandalore right now? Because the yeah. Empire's fallen. You know, what I mean, like there's like cells of the Empire out there. Like, well, they like, say that planet's cursed too. You know, the Empire basically turned it into glass. I think is what Boba Fett said. Right. Well, that's the thing. Like, because during Clone Wars, it was like sacked by Darth Maul, and then like it had just previously. I forget what it was, but I think it was under some other control. I think maybe just from a rogue Mandalorian clan prior to Darth Maul coming in and taking over Mandalore. Yeah. And then, you know, Bo-Katan ends up getting control back over Mandalore in Rebels. But then now where we're at here, she's lost control of it again and lost the dark saber and somehow. And like, yeah, I don't know. Cause that's another thing too. And I, I brought this up before, like in the Rebels show, Sabine Wren gets the Darksaber and just gives it to Bo-Katan and she just willingly takes it from her and says thanks and 
goes back to Mandalore and starts waving the dark saber around. And Can't do that in the is. Mandalorian universe. Though. Well, what I think, I think maybe they're going to expand on that more and kind of like, I think in the end they're just ignoring Canon and they just want to like, like a way to like make something be more dramatic and difficult. It, yeah. yeah. And just like something for them to have to do in the show kind of thing. But what they could do to kind of non retcon it is say that she did that and it didn't work. Like, that's why she lost control of Mandalore. Like, it, it took... Because, like, Gideon says, like, the story is what matters. And so, like, she didn't have that story about, like, reclaiming the Dark Blade since it was just well, given was to her. Maybe she, it wasn't enough to unite the people of Mandalore, so that's why she lost control. So that's why now she needs to actually win it back through combat, you know, the traditional way or whatever. Maybe they'll expand on it in that way. Maybe they're just straight retconning all of that stuff that happened in the Rebels show. Who knows? Yeah. But I think in the end, will, that's what we're going to be seeing in Mandalorian Season 3. Do you think we will we see Mando as the new ruler of Mandalorian? I, I kind of speculated that before. Instead of Bo-Katan. I did speculate that before. I said Because I said, like, uh, like, we could be looking at our new leader of the Mandalorians, and we just don't know it yet. It's, I definitely think like, it's Because if it, it's kind of like the Star Wars story, I mean, it's like bounty hunter comes from nothing, you know, works his way up the ladder, and next thing you know, he's like ruling the entire planet. Kind of like, you know, Luke Skywalker, the farm boy thing. It but is in, a very tried and tr true trope. It was the same thing with the, the sequel trilogy. Exactly. So, I mean, it's definitely possible. I mean, the question really is, is like, are we going to see Baby Yoda in season three? Certainly, are, that's we gonna, so. are we going to see Luke Skywalker anymore? Like, I, I think we're definitely going to see him. Like, I think that whole line where he says, I'll see you again, like I promise. He's a man I, of his word. Like. Well, I think that's more or less like John Favreau saying to us, like, he'll be back. My question like, is, though. That line was in there just so we know he's going to be back. How's he going to find him? He didn't give him any information. He just took baby Yoda and left. Didn't tell him where he's going. Didn't tell him how to contact him. He's just gone. Yeah. No, I, I guess I'm 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 trusting or believing the fact that Luke finds them. Will will be will be sympathetic to what Baby Yoda feels for for Din Djarin and and that we that he will find a way to find Din regardless of what. I don't know that Din will necessarily be able to find Luke, but well, I mean, Grogu could just send out another. Force beam, force message, yeah. yeah. To but directly to Mando. True. Yeah. Sure. I mean, if Luke Skywalker was able to hear him just randomly making a Cooing space call, rambling, I'm sure that with Luke's training, he could probably just force talk to Mando. It's true. Um, so who knows? I mean, I'm sure. I don't know if we'll see him again. I feel like we have to see him again just because people have come just yeah. so accustomed to Grogu being a part of Mandalorian. And like, yeah, he just sells, he, he probably just makes them too much money for them to not bring back into the show. Because they could bring him back in and now he's wearing like Jedi robes and boom, you have a ton of new toys that you can sell. It's like, it'd be a huge missed opportunity for Lucasfilm to not bring him back or at least have a scene of him like training with Luke or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just a merchandising opportunity missed. You're leaving millions on the table. It's true. Toys. 
when does Mando get the, his Razor Crest back? I mean, his Razor Crest is obviously I mean, yeah. toast, and you're, you're not getting that one back. Be interesting but do you think he gets he another one, or does well, he get another ship? I mean, now, right now he's, he's got an imperial. He he's got an imperial cruiser right now. Oh, he's got the light cruiser. But didn't he say that that was the, he he that Bo Katan could have that along with did. the dark saber? I mean, he the only did, thing but... he wanted was Grogu. So, oh, he he did. But I mean, now he's got the dark saber. Do you think Bo Katan's <laughs> actually got to listen to him at this point? Yeah. But but well, mm. but he doesn't want it. So and that's yeah. But like, dude, that's that's not how it works. A lot of people <laughs> get the crown that don't want to wear it. That's normally your best. Heavy king. is the head that wears the crown. Sure, but you don't have to take the ship that comes with the crown. No, he, <laughs> he can, can still get. Still. But he's the one that's in need of a ship. Later. You know what I mean? He might yeah. reconsider this and be like, you know what? My ship did just get blown up. He does have an entire garage, theoretically, though, full of ships right now. You know, like, there could have been ships on there that he could use. Hey, I'm sure there see. is some light cruisers, uh, like, actually on. Because, there, I mean, I think it was full of TIE fighters. You saw them on. Yeah, the Imperial fighters. shuttle. Was. Yeah, so, I mean, the, and the, yeah, the, the, the Lambda cruiser they flew in there on still there. So, I mean, they could just use that. Like, I, I'm sure he'll get uh, his own ship. I don't know if it's going to be that same model, you know, that the Razor Crest was, but at the same time, I think he's got options right now. Like he's got the Imperial got, Light Cruiser. He's, he's got, got stuff got to trade. Fighters. Yeah, he's he good. could easily get a new ship. He's got yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. So and a bunch of dark trooper bodies. Yeah, I think <laughs> right now the biggest question is. How and when we'll see Baby Yoda again? I think for a lot of people, because I think it's a given that they're going to do the retaking of Mandalore. Yeah, that's compelling TV in and of itself, and that's why I said when they first introduced Bo-Katan, I was like, I just want to watch that show. I just want to watch her going and try to retake Mandalore. That's a much, that's a much cooler, in all honesty, than, as in a concept than a back and forth thing with Baby Yoda and the Empire going on and on and on and on and on. Like that would have. I said that would get tired, and I stick by that being tired. Like, just, I still love Baby Yoda and all that. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I bought that damn thing. Like, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how far ahead in time they jump. Is this mm-hmm. it, will the new season pick up with him and Bo Katan on the bridge of the the ship, and they they're trying to yeah. decide after Luke has just left, and they're trying to decide where to go next, or does it pick off you know five years down the road and you know they're they're trying they're in the in the right in the middle of trying to take back Mandalore. Yeah, there's definitely yeah they could definitely do a huge time jump. I don't know. I think that's what we're gonna see though. You, you think yeah. uh you think we will see any more Luke Skywalker? I certainly hope so. <laughs> I mean, I think everybody would hope so. Not, yeah, not I'm with I'm with Rick. I, I hope so. I just. I don't know. It it, it, be, it becomes kind of it becomes tricky for them the more they have him in the show because they weaved him so much into the sequels um, and did such a terrible job of it. Um, it's going to be tricky to fit him into, into this series and not eventually get him so caught up in it that you're left with the same narrative issues that, you know, like you said with a lot of the stuff when we were talking earlier about Wonder Woman, like, narratively why in the world does luke never mention grogu in the sequel trilogy if there's this other powerful yoda-esque being out there that has the same 
Jedi capabilities as him? Why is he not in any way referenced in the sequel trilogy? Well, um, so the more the more you wrap Luke up in this story, the more you have to figure out a way to navigate that. True. Yeah, I think that's kind of contingent on what, how does Baby Yoda's you know, or Grogu's story end? Like, what if you know he gets done? quote unquote with his training with Luke and then Luke sends him back to like his home planet and like that's the next part of your training is like to that'd be an interesting show learn and more about your people and live amongst them and just do your own thing like maybe he comes back with Mando and now he's got a Jedi with yeah, him like who knows man there's a lot of things they could do with it to not step on the toes of Luke but then also it's not really a Luke show, so I don't really see them like needing to bring Luke in. I could see them like cutting to baby Yoda, like chilling and training with Luke, but then it, you don't even see Luke's face. You just know it's Luke because maybe you see a green lightsaber or something like, you know what I mean? Just so they don't have to do the CGI. I don't know. Like, I think more people are concerned mm -hmm. about the baby Yoda stuff than the Luke Skywalker stuff as far as seeing them again. So I don't know. Yeah. Do you think we'll ever have baby Yoda old enough to where he talks in, in Yoda speak. It depends on the time jump thing that you're talking about. Yeah. Like how far are they going to advance the timeline? How long is the show going to be around? You know? And how old does baby Yoda need to be in order for him to have the ability to speak the way Yoda did. I mean, you think at 50 years at age old. 400 or, you know, well, that's the thing too. It what? depends on how they do his aging thing. Cause like, yeah, I think yeah. it does him not speaking right now have more to do with the trauma he went through at the Jedi order, mm -hmm. the Jedi temple on Coruscant and everything. Cause it's like, like when he had the conversation with Ahsoka, it was a conversation. Like she could talk to him. Yeah. But, like, mm -hmm. he's not audibly talking. And, like, that part of his memory is essentially blocked right now. So that's another question, too. Are they going to expand on that anymore? Are we going to learn more about yeah. Order 66 time for him and, like, what actually happened? Like You got to think, dude, he's not even going to be, like, 100 years old by the time, like, Din Djarin's life is over. Sure. You know? Mm -hmm. Just how – I don't think humans necessarily live a super long time in the Star Wars universe – and I mean, he could still be a baby by the time Din's an old man, you know? So well, I mean, that's the thing. The sequel trilogy starts like 30 years from now. Yeah. Like, so who knows? Like, at that point, Baby Yoda is only 80 years old. So, and what does that mean for his, like, we still don't really know what that means for his race. You know what I mean? Because yeah. we know that, like, Yoda at 400 is what he's supposed to be in like the New Republic times. He's a Jedi Knight right now when he's 400 years old. So baby Yoda's 80. I mean, I don't know what that means. They, they, I don't think they thought the timeline thing to through for his aging thing. It doesn't make a lot of sense when you start thinking about it. Well, like somebody, it's a cool sounding thing. He's 50 years old, but he's a baby. But then you're like with baby okay. Yoda's aging process though. Somebody did a comparison with Yoda being 900 when he died in theory, he would have been like in his late twenties. Yeah, but he's years. but he's eight hundred years old. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. So it's, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Like, so, but that's the thing is like they need to just explain and flush that out because so somehow, still to this day, kind of like Boba Fett, Yoda in his species is just something that we just don't know about through all the Star Wars lore and canon and all you know legends, material, everything. Yoda's species is like probably the least known thing. It's mysterious. Yeah, it's just like, it's not there. So, I don't know. 
I think it's kind of thing where they're just kind of they're just making it up as they go along. Yeah, but you've got some good people behind the the, the wheel now, so I think I'm sure it'll go. Yeah, I'm not definitely after what happened with Mando season two, how they were able to bring that down to a very satisfying conclusion. Uh, I definitely have the utmost faith in Dave Filoni and John Favreau, so I'm definitely. I'm super hyped for season three. I think it's going to mainly focus on the Mandalorian stuff, uh, like retaking of Mandalore. And we'll probably learn how Thrawn is probably involved with controlling Mandalore right now, would be my guess. And that's how it's going to connect in with like Ahsoka's show where she's searching for Thrawn. You know, like maybe they'll find some clues during Mando season three while they're retaking Mandalore and where she can find him passing information along maybe same kind of concept with the the rangers show maybe they discover some imperial you know imperial you know traffic happening and they learn you know they learn more about thrawn there and then that's i think that's what's going to happen i think thrawn's going to be the thanos for this their first crossover event that i really at this point they they definitely haven't introduced anybody else who could stack up like it's it's not going to happen i mean to be fair thrawn can't even fight ahsoka by himself i mean he's not force sensitive so who knows the other other thing that we haven't touched on is the fact that the empire isn't done with baby yoda while while din jar may have completed his mission to get him back to his people by passing him off to luke I don't think that the Empire, Moff Gideon was not going to just give him over to Mando despite what he said. Um, And and so he's clearly not done with him. So there's still this this element of the Empire, the remnants of the Empire out there that's that's hunting, that's hunting baby Yoda. And so I don't know if that's the way that they, if if somehow throughout the course of things, Din Djarin picks up on a new attempt to try and get him and that's what brings him back into contact. We, and we still don't actually know what they wanted with him, too. Sure. Because, like, I mean, we're, we're assuming it's because of his, you know, force sensitivity. And, like, because Gideon said whether he was being deceptive or not, that he, he's gotten everything he's need, needed from him. That being the case, if that is, then what is he going to do with it now that they have what they need from him? Because we still don't know. Like, were they going to try to, like, upload midi-chlorians into Gideon's the Dark Troopers? Like... Yeah, and Gideon's still alive, so I don't know. There's a lot, definitely a lot of things that they could expand upon. Like, I, I'd like to learn more about the, the Order 66 stuff with Baby Yoda, see what actually happened, see if a Jedi saved him, and then maybe a Jedi blocked that portion of his memory out. Like, that'd be interesting. That's compelling enough. Because, I mean, okay, it's kind of with that, I don't think they even say that that's, like, he went through that unless they're going to expand on it more. Like, you know, I mean, I, I feel like they set that up very specifically because they could have just breezed on through. They didn't have to say that. Like, they didn't have to say he was there and this, he went through this already and that his his memory's blocked. Like, that's a very specific thing. So maybe we'll learn more about that. I'd like to learn more about that, but I don't know. I still think Thrawn's probably going to be your big bad, though. That's just where I, I, I don't unless they start to introduce some Sith Lords or something. But I just don't know if that's really going to be something that they're they're going to do. Because I mean, I guess, uh, no, yeah, no, yeah, I don't even know who would be around right now, Sith Lord wise. Which I guess kind of leaves them an opportunity to create new characters if they wanted to go a Sith route. So 
But I don't know. I feel like you'd have to go Sith route for us if Ahsoka's around because it's just like kind of overkill, like in a lot of ways. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. You guys got anything else that uh, we're missing here? I think I pretty much covered what I'm what I'm expecting, where I'm expecting it to show and or to go rather, and then uh, some things I'd like to see. So I, don't know. I think you hit the nail on the head. Yeah. I'm just gonna throw one last. If if we visit Luke training Baby Yoda. Mm-hmm. Do you think we ever get to the point where we see a young Ben Solo show up at the at the training facility? Do we see know. do we see other do we <laughs> see other other people he's training? I don't see why we wouldn't. I think it would more like I don't know if it would necessarily be like a Ben Solo because it's possible because we know he's trying to like established a Jedi Order right now, and that's why it made sense for it to be Luke that heard Grogu's call because he would be actively searching for Jedi right now because he's trying to rebuild a Jedi Order. So it all makes sense. So, I mean, if we do get a like a rocky training montage with Luke <laughs> and Baby Yoda, maybe Baby Yoda has to carry Luke on his back, that kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like, if we get something like that, I could totally see there being, like, other younglings there, but... I just don't know if it'd be needed for the show. If it was like a Luke Skywalker show, then I'd be like, then yeah, or like a Jedi Academy show, then yeah. But since it'd be the Mando show and like they're really just there to tell Mando's story, they if they cut back to that, they might just keep it to Luke and Grogu. Or like I said, it might just be Grogu and you see a black hooded figure in the background and we know it's Luke kind of thing. I feel like that's the more likely thing. Because I would love to see a Luke Skywalker training the Jedi, like the Je- I'd like to see that whole, you know, what made Luke turn into Hermit Luke in Last Jedi. I would like to see them actually explain that to me because maybe it would make that character a little bit more compelling. Because yeah. that's the biggest flaw with like what they did with Luke in the sequel they trilogy. Tried, they, is like, they they tried. They showed you. Luke getting a vision of him becoming bad and and thinking for a second about ending his life and then him Ben Solo waking up. I mean, they showed you all that in flashbacks. It just was trash. That is stupid. Yeah, Yeah, that is garbage. If there was more that lead up to that than that actually went into it than that, then I would like to see it. But yeah, you are right. I mean, if that's as I just I just don't. They cannot redeem. You know, if Luke Skywalker was the type of character that would give up and go live by himself when things got bad, you know, cloud city would have been the end of the, the new the the resist or the, the rebellion because Luke would have never shown up. He would have been like, "Ah, I don't know. Things look bad. I'm just going to stay here with Yoda and keep continue training. And if you look at it, because I recently, I just watched rise of Skywalker for the first time since I saw it in theaters. And even in there, they try to retcon the shit because when, because Ray goes to do that, Ray goes to hide after she gets the vision of her being the new Sith Empress, right? But then yep. she throws the lightsaber in the fire, and Luke's Force Ghost catches the damn thing. Yeah. The same lightsaber that he threw over his shoulder, and then he says, like, literally, like, a Jedi's, like, that's no way to treat a Jedi's weapon. And then, like, she's like, I'm just going to do what you did. I'm just going to hide out. And he was like, I was wrong. And it's yeah. just like... Okay. You know what I mean? So it's like even like you're totally right because Luke Skywalker wouldn't have done that. And they even try to like yeah. retcon it in like a way, the best way they kind of can in that in the Rise of Skywalker by having him come back to just say that he was wrong. 
about doing that. But it's like, yeah, like maybe you, I don't know. I've taken this off topic, but yeah, I just, I don't see, I mean, I would love to see a show of Luke training Jedi and, and just as long as that'd be great. Yeah. Just disregard that other crap that supposedly happened. If they could wreck, I'm normally all for like, if it's canon, it's canon, but like, dude, I'd be all for them saying that that shit was a dream. Like it wasn't (laughs) real. Like that was a force vision that Ben Solo had. That they've already happened. They've already discarded tons of Star Wars continuity when they bought Lucas. So it's true. I would like to see them though have have Ben Solo wake up from a dream, bring Kyle, bring Adam Driver back, just to have a dream sequence, and like that whole trilogy was a dream that Ben Solo had. And then, like, so the, this little mini series picks up with him waking up and then going and talking to Luke and saying, like, "Dude, I just had this crazy dream, Uncle Luke," and then that's it. And then we all get to move on. And you could do your whole new sequel trilogy and make it. I good. love it. Like I'm totally in my head canon. That's exactly what happened. All that shit's a dream that Ben Solo is having right now. Like none of it's real. We're gonna leave it at that. So, but uh, you guys got anything else you want to add? I think I've covered everything. Or I think it's gonna happen. Yeah, so, I think. all right. Yeah. So then uh, let's sign off here, Rick. Where can everybody find you online, good sir? Find me on Instagram at Sir Rick Metz. That's R-I-K-M-E-T-Z. All right, John, where can everybody find you online? We're at Nightwing underscore J over on the Twitters. Come come tweet at me. Let's get a nice tw- tweeter fight about uh about Wonder Woman 84. And we can you can tell me why I'm wrong. A twit war, yeah. A twit unconvincingly. A what? <laughs> a twit war. Twit war, yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah, and you can just follow me simply at Sir Rob Bifo on all platforms there. Uh, thanks for watching, guys. As always, you can submit topics and questions to the show by emailing us at honestanduneducated at gmail.com. That's honestanduneducated at gmail.com. Uh, stay tuned, man. I'm going to do some more live streams. we got some more stuff. I mean, John and I are probably going to play some Squadron at some point. We keep talking about playing it again, but uh, it hasn't happened yet. You want to play it again. Probably play some more... Uh, I really wish, man, I was telling John this before, I really wish EA Play or whatever, EA Pro and stuff, that they would sync your save data between platforms. Like, even if I have to rebuy the game on, like, PS5, because I have it on PC already because I have the EA Pro thing, so I get all these games for free, right? Not for free, but for the subscription price. But if I want to play it on my PS5, I got to just start an entire new game. It's so stupid. Like, I, I I would buy the game again, if my save data would sync over because then I could just seamlessly go play it on my PS five and all this stuff. So EA fix that, man. I know you're not the most consumer friendly company out there, but God damn, fix it, man, fix it. But yeah, we got some stuff to want to stay tuned for some live stream stuff. I got, if you uh, were around for the live stream uh, this past Friday, you would know that I was looking at, to purchase my first custom lightsaber. Well, I did do that. So we got that coming. So I'll obviously do a, an unboxing and review of all that once I get that. So I'm very excited for that. Rick's, com- Rick's got one coming. I have to compare them, yeah. Yeah, so we'll, we'll, we'll do some unboxing stuff when we get those in. So stay tuned. Look forward to, look forward to that coming. Uh, but uh, I think that pretty much covers it. Yep. So as always, guys, thanks again for watching. And uh, for now, uh, just take care.